Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Thanks for downloading the Sunranto show. You can listen early and ad-free if you subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto and join the 103 other super ranters who subscribed at patreon.com slash sunranto. There are perks at every level. Please join today and become a super ranter and support Cubs podcasting. Here's the show. Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old self years out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the lovable loser. Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the lovable losers. Sunranto. Welcome to the Sunranto Show, uh, brought to you by all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you to all of you that support this show and keep us on the air. I, of course, am. I'm the Rocket Man. We got. And we got. We're all here. We're all here for our regular Thursday show at seven o'clock, except that we're doing it at eight o'clock, which is which is fine. Um, so, uh, welcome to Sunranto Show. This is the first official off-season Sunranto Show. The season is over. The World Series is finished. Georgie Solaire just tearing it up in the World Series, winning the MVP. X-Cub power happening. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, tonight's show, uh, we're going to start with talking a little bit about Ronnie Wu's birthday party, which uh, Crawley and I were in attendance at. I got a bunch of pictures and some hilarious video to show you all. Um we also talk about the new Cubs hitting coach, Greg Brown. And we got uh, some roster moves to talk about because the flurry of roster moves happened when the season ends. And uh, else we're going to go into some news around the league that could affect uh, the Cubs uh, if they make decisions to maybe sign some of these guys that are now available. And uh, afterwards, we're going to have a big discussion on the Spotify Green Room app with you guys. If you follow us on Ranto Show and join us at 9 o'clock Central Time, and uh, hang out with us. But um, how you guys doing? How how was your how was your week? Oh, boy, you know it was uh, a lot of recovering from the Ronnie Wu 80th birthday bash. Uh, but other than that, you know, there's Cub news. It was fun. Yeah, it, it really was fun. And uh, I mean, the the party was fun. I stayed up till four in the morning. Ended up at Nice Lounge watching the World Series with. Uh, I think you guys might follow her at Scurioso, or I think that's what she's called. Uh, Janet is her name. Janice is her name. Uh, and uh, also Curly Fro uh, from Twitter. Yeah. They were over at we, uh, Sarah Sanchez. Our good friend Ken was over there. So we had a great night. Uh, I got home at 4 in the morning. My Thai guy slept on the couch. You know that if my Thai guy sleeps on your couch, that you had yourself a party that night. So yeah, we ended, up, Halloween we ended up at the dark horse next door because uh, one of our, 
You guys got booked. You were supposed to meet us at Nisei Lounge, and they took one look at Stuart McVicker and said, you're too drunk to come in there. So they went next door. Went next door, and then we ended up at Output, and then we ended up back at Club 400 uh, Wrigleyville. So all's well that ends well, but oh, boy. Yeah, well, boy, I indeed. didn't get to go to Woo Woo's party, but uh, my wife and I had like All a right. classic college uh, night. We just went walking downtown to uh, go have dinner, and we ended up at a party, at a house party until like two in the morning. You went to a frat party? No, no, it was <laughs> no, it was it was people our age. Uh, no, oh. when we were walking down, they it was. Some it was this uh, woman's birthday party, and people were cutting uh, pumpkins because it was the night before Halloween. I believe they it's were trying carving, to get carving pumpkins. Is carving? The, yeah, they were carving proper term. But they they had eighty some pumpkins out on their yard, and they asked us if we wanted to come in and carve some pumpkins. And so Emily and I did. And next thing you know, it's two in the morning. Next thing you know, they get all stabby. I had to defend <laughs> myself. <laughs> they're taking out the they're taking out the big carving knife, and the the first thing they try to carve was a jack o' lantern out of was my head. Um, <laughs> you gotta be careful in those college towns. A lot of murderers. Um, well, I, I think all that you really need to know about uh, Ronnie Wu's birthday party might be in this video. So let me put up a video real quick, and I'll try to. I didn't check it. the video. All right, so in the video for all the podcast listeners, there's Crawley dressed up like a priest and his wife is a nun. Ronnie Wu is hanging out with a hot blonde and he's, uh, they're all doing hula hoops. So Ronnie, Ronnie's got his, uh, hula hoops going around his neck. Uh, Crawley, you can't hula hoop at all. You're terrible at it. Uh, your wife isn't much better and, and, uh, they're obviously playing Johnny Be Good. And let me tell you, that was just I couldn't I was so tickled by that moment. This it was so strange and random. The whole thing. I met Ronnie's daughter, very nice woman, Yolanda. Really very cool. Nice. Her very boyfriend nice. was super cool. We even had conversations about what it was like to grow up with Ronnie Wu at your dad. <laughs> She's as your dad, and she was saying shit like it's like, well, you know, I'm you know, seven years old and it's 11 o'clock and I want to go home and my dad's just rolling around on the floor, hanging out with people, you know, and it just, <laughs> and I just was like, man, that must've been wild. Uh, you know, and not altogether great. as You might imagine, but super nice person, met tons of great people. I, let me show you some more pictures. Uh, a, a bunch of us were there. Um, here's, uh, here's a uh, Crawley, me and, uh, Shannon, his wife, and I'm dressed as uh, biblical losses, Jesus. Uh, and we and you kept writing the theme, Crawley. You got the priest outfit fit on. Your wife's went as the nun. Um, we got yeah, yeah. What was the uh, what, what was the thoughts behind that, Crawley? Was it just because you knew you were going to be hanging out with Jesus the whole night? Yeah, it was good. You know, we've been so busy with the clubhouse. Usually, we get all crazy for Halloween and go shopping and da 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 da. We have like a million costumes, and we had we just never made it out to go get costumes. So. All of a sudden, I see Danny on, on in uh, in the Sunranto page as biblical losses Jesus, and I'm like, you know what? When my when my wife was pregnant with my son, we dressed as the priest and the she was a pregnant nun, so um, we already had the costume. So I'm like, this is perfect. Dug it out and then pulled it out. 
Uh, the Wolf of Wrigleyville was there. If you guys know that guy, he, he's a big party planner around Wrigley Field. I, he made the mistake of wearing a big, heavy wolf mask. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I made that mistake when I was like 14 and I was in yeah. a Fangoria magazine and I was like, oh, I want a world big, scary, ugly mask. So I saved up all my lawnmower money and I bought this mask for like 20 bucks, which was a lot of money back in the 80s. And I, and I, and I buy this thing over at PJ's Trick Shop. <laughs> Remember PJ's Trick Shop down at Country Mall? Crawley knows what I'm talking about. And uh, so I buy this thing. I'm all impressed with myself. And then you just sweat balls in this thing with this freaking heavy mascot. The poor Wolf for Wrigleyville. Anyway, uh, that guy was there. And look at this motley crew of characters. We got uh, oh, just the, the whole crew was there. We got Bill from uh, Fly the Wood, Stuart McVicker. We got our friend Patrick. Dude, he had like a $150 costume on. It was guys, nice, yeah. Yeah, we got uh, Heckler Brad was there, and uh, his wife, Sarah Spain, the famous Sarah Spain. And um, Bruce Wolf was there at the party. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Janet, his handler. And um, anyway, we just we had a, a freaking blast. And uh, they served pretty good food, too. Check out. They got a Woo Woo 80 cookie, had meatball subs, got little tater skins with the sour cream, and, the, and got a little quesadilla action. And, man. We just had a what a what a fun time, and then the best part you gotta admit was the song. The song was great. The people loved it, man. Yeah, here we were. We did a big, you know, Ronnie Woo Woo sing along to "Hey Jude, Hey Woo," and Ronnie. Basically, I don't know if somebody's got video of it. I don't. But uh, the end of the song when we're like woo 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 woo, everybody's singing along, and Ronnie's like in the middle of the floor with his arms outstretched to the sky and, you know, just basking in, in our love. And I'm telling you, what a party. Um, any, anything you want to add to that, Crawley? But I was just, I think the pictures say it all, but for the podcast listeners, maybe. You, you, you really, you know, it's just about having fun. That's what it's all about is that don't take it so serious. Don't take yourself so serious. Don't take it so serious. We just went out. We just got stupid. Who cares? I can't hula hoop or shit. But you know what? I had fun. Who cares? Have a good time, you know? I'll tell you, a Ronnie woo-woo party is really like the specific time to really throw all caution in the wind and do whatever the hell you feel like doing. Like, if you're like wallflowering at a Ronnie woo-woo 80th birthday, there's something seriously wrong with your personality. <laughs> like, you really ought to go see someone. Yeah. Um, when we got we got there, like I said, we were we were at Club 400 Wrigleyville, and then we rolled, We were already kind of liquored up by the time we got there. And then all of a sudden, the drinks started flowing, the quesadillas started getting eaten, and then... It was it, the party was on. That was the thing, man. It's just getting people dancing. We did Sweet Caroline. We did a lot of fun songs that we just kind of sing along to. And the piano player was really great. The entertainment was great. Yeah, gosh, um, I wish I could remember his name right now. And, I have his uh, card somewhere too. Yeah, yeah. Just, we'll, we'll get that to you because he's a super cool guy as well, and he did a great job. He he plays multiple instruments. He had the accordion out there. He he went wireless for a while and a wireless mic. So like he was really like a one man band kind of dude, and uh, really great guy. He let me use all his shit too because I showed up <laughs> with just a guitar. I'm like, bro, can I plug in? Like that's just my style. I'm like like dude, I don't even need a mic. Forget it. We have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. 
Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. Visit Symbol.com and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. The Sunranto Show is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room app. Um, in fact, it's actually brought to you by, literally brought to you by the Spotify Green Room app because the whole second half of the show was recorded on the Spotify Green Room app. Uh, because it's the app where you can uh, you download it at the iOS store or the Android store, and then uh, you follow uh, like Sunranto, which is uh, Sunranto Show, which is me and the, and, and the boys, and then you can uh, join the room. And then you can request to speak and you join in on the conversation. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, insiders, all in real time. What you do is you create a profile. Uh, you link it to your Twitter. You join a league or a group like uh, MLB or a Cubs group. And then uh, you follow me, Sun Ranto Show. You'll be notified when the room goes live. Uh, so join me, uh, it really, anytime we go live after the Sun Ranto Show, where we'll be recording in the Spotify Green Room app. Uh, it's pretty cool, and uh, it's a great way to join the conversation. Um, so, join the Spotify Green Room app. Just do it. Just do it. It's a lot of fun. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. Let's get into some Cubs news. Uh, we did have a little news uh, broken. Well, not really broken by Cubs Jesus, but Cubs Jesus, he, uh, you know, after after he uh, went to Roddy Woo Woo's party, he, he had a little, uh, he made a little TikTok video introducing our new hitting coach. Check it out. Behold. I am Cubs Jesus, bearing good news for all. The Cubs have hired a new hitting coach named Greg Brown. He is the ninth hitting coach or assistant hitting coach the Cubs have had in the last decade. But do you know what else is brown? Dirt. And you know what else grows in dirt? Crops. Perfect for the Cubs' new crop of hitters that will be heading up through the ranks, like Brennan Davis. So welcome to the Cubs, Greg Brown. God bless you all, and go Cubs! I have a feeling we're going to be. I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of Cubs Jesus coming up, but much to everybody's embarrassment, especially. I my just own. had a biblical loss. <laughs> a loss, a biblical loss of 25 seconds. But, um, yeah, Greg Brown uh, he was the Rays hitting co- uh, hitting coordinator for a couple years. He's he a was a great singer-songwriter. Oh, yeah. He, he uh, was a uh, – yeah, I know, dude, if you look up Greg Brown, he's like the 60th one. Like, he's yeah. not even close to being the most famous Greg Brown. I went to a Greg Brown concert in the 90s. That's <laughs> so. here's the thing. If you were writing a baseball movie and you said, Hey, I need a meatball hitting coach looking guy. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Like he, he is literally from central casting. They pulled out Craig Brown. He is basically, if you just imagine a hitting coach and the first thing that pops in your head and you're right. Well, he's had a lot of different jobs around baseball. He was an Astro scout. 
and you know they're pretty much have been a development uh you know you know a kind of they've always had a good crop of prospects that they've always brought up they're not a small market team by any means but you know they've always prided themselves on developing players so he was a scout there uh he was the coach at Nova Southeastern University which uh which I'm Southeaster not Southeastern unless there was an end missing uh, it's got to be an end missing, right? Um, in the thing I read, uh, but no, S- southeaster is what I. Read. I don't know that is that like a, a storm in Florida? Like yeah. up in Maine, you got a nor'easter. Yeah, and then, then, in Florida, you got a southeaster. Southeaster, it's a southeaster coming through. Um, <laughs> but he was a, a coach. He was a college coach, and um, then he became the Rays minor league hitting coordinator for the last two years. And I looked up some of the Rays numbers. I don't know how much credit you can give a guy for two years of. Uh, of, uh, you know, working for the Rays. But, you know, they were top 10 offense, OPS-wise. Uh, they were also uh, had high strikeouts. So nobody's going to like to hear that. Oh, but wonderful. That's the game. That's the game. You hit the home runs, you strike out a ton, and you come in first place a lot because let's, the Rays have had a fair amount of success since he's been there. Um, so have the Astros. And I don't know about <laughs> Nova Southeasta, but... Uh, All I can tell you, you know, is, is that, I mean, it really... We want to think that the hitting coach makes all the difference in the world, and I just don't know how much it is. I've seen a lot of guys come through here. I remember when Rudy Jaramillo was the biggest name, and the Cubs got him, and nothing really changed much that I've ever seen from Cubs hitters. And then uh, John Maley came, and he preached the launch angle and and a lot of the stuff that's popular in in today's game. And then they fired him and got Chili Davis, who taught you know contact, hitting the ball the other way, didn't right. get along really well with a lot of the other players. Um, He's and been then fired went, twice since then. Yep. And then went to Anthony uh, Iapochi, who is a, a, a mentee of John Maley. Went back to the same approach. Mentee. I've never heard of that. So who you knows? You got a mentor and a mentee. And then you got a manatee, which is a whole different yeah, thing. I, I, I was going to say, I was just thinking manatee. I'm like, isn't that the cow of the sea? No. Man, uh, <laughs> a men- mentee is the person getting mentored. <laughs> No, wait, there's, I've, I've got, I've got manatees and I've got turds now. I'm, I'm just telling you, you can look it up. I ain't making this shit up. Well, the thing is, I mean, this guy's a hitting coordinator. I mean, now he's a hitting coach and, you know, I guess, uh, who's the assistant hitting coach right now? Um, uh, yeah, exactly. Who cares? But, uh, you know, what, what, I mean, honestly, really, who cares? But because, like, <laughs> it, like you're saying, this stuff doesn't make a, a lot of, a lot of difference. If you see a guy doing something wrong or getting a hitch in his swing or getting into some bad habits, I think that's where you get, it's like any coach, you know, you're a coach of a singing coach or a, a, a director of a play when you, you see an actor getting into a bad habit where he's always got his head bobbing. You're like, what are you doing? Do you know you're doing this? Or you, a lot of forehead tension or something like that. You know, you're going to point these things out. You're doing your toe wrong. And like, you know, the way here's, let me uh, backtrack here. When you think about the new GM that they got and everything being so analytically driven, this is a young math nerd again with uh, uh, Hawkins, Carter Hawkins. Now, he talked about how he needs to take this analytic stuff and get the right people to build the programs to, to you know, have the right algorithms to get the right data to plug into the system to tell the coaches. So, I mean, when you look at a guy like Greg Brown, even though he looks like a meatball dude, he's got a lot of 
experience in those exact kind of organizations, especially the Rays. I don't know how the college thing was, but it seems like that they're trying to really spin straw to gold. And it it, it scares me that they're not going to go out to free agents. They're just going to try to be the Rays. You know, I don't know if you have so that same experience. He, uh, we've, I, we, we've, I've listened to John Maley numerous times. I, I can't count the amount of times that I've sat at Club 400 or some other type of event and listened to John Maley speak. And I've listened to a lot of hitting coaches speak. And, and look, they help. They, they look for, like you said, little hitches. So what they'll do is if, if a player's struggling, you know, they'll look at video of when the player was hot and try to see if they see something. But it's not even just like a one-person thing anymore. There's multiple eyes that are looking at it. It's not just one guy and he's the hitting guy and there's one guy and he's a pitching guy. It's built within the system of numerous layers of people. And the hitting coach is going to get the glory and he's going to be the one fired if shit doesn't go well. But do you really think that like the Cubs didn't hit because Anthony Iapoji didn't do a good job? I mean, it really, it really comes down to the players that you have. And, 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 and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Well, they and certainly so. put a lot of blame on Chili Davis. You know, and so did the you, and- you can have that. So in those type of jobs, it's how you relate, how personable, how you can bring a message across. And a lot of people that talk with Chile just didn't like, like Chile was kind of like these youngsters today, they don't respect shit. Da, 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 da. That, that's not going to, you know, fly real well with young players. Yeah. So you can't go with that approach. Yeah. And you kind of, you see that it's kind of trending younger. Like you see an old school guy like Dusty Baker managing the Astros or Tony La Russa is the prime example over at the White Sox where they're like, we got all these young guys and then we're going to completely counterbalance it with a guy triple their age, if not quadruple <laughs> their age. And, you know, and that didn't work out on the South side. I mean, I, I really do feel like Tony La Russa lost them some games. The White Sox played behind their Pythag this year. They'd scored a lot of runs. But they didn't bring it home. Tony LaRusso made uh, awful mistakes. Uh, they got pantsed by the Astros, who ended up going to the World Series. But they seriously got their asses kicked. And, um, you know, so I, I kind of like how it's getting built in a, you know, smart new baseball-y way. And I really hate it as a I want to be entertained by these guys' way. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, they're going to ruin it and nerd out, and I'm going to be kind of bored with – yeah, you remember, yeah, it used to be that we'd watch these guys go out and play and it would be fun and they'd do all this stuff and we'd use math later just to kind of see where they're at. Now the math comes, you know, First. months before they ever take a pitch, you know, yeah. and then the math tells them what they're going to do and it, we're all playing fucking, uh, you know, fantasy baseball. What was that? Wasn't there a, wasn't there like a baseball game that you could play on paper? Stratomatic. Like, Stratomatic. Stratomatic. There you go. That's the one. We're just playing Stratomatic now. So if you liked Stratomatic, and I know you did because you play it 162 times a year, uh, that's what we get now. Well, I mean, I do think it's about com- communication. The thing that's a little weird to me now is everybody now is expecting all the fans on Twitter are saying, Hey, buy us all these players. Uh, Cubs are going to be in on Nick Castellanos. They're going to be in on, you know, now Chafin opted out, you know, and, you know, all these guys. The Cub fans think we're going to get all of them. But even if they do get all of them, everybody else is new. 
And, you know, to take a moment to click, you could get like a 2015, which started out slow, and then this team clicks and goes on a tear. But, man, it's that's a like a you got to be pretty lucky. I mean, that that the the kind of the foundation for 2015 was built way before that, you know. So it as Ricketts uh, Ricketts uh, lied to us. Um, But um, but I don't think anybody's tearing anything down. The um... (laughs) the the Ricketts, I mean, it we they tore down everything. But now that we want them to buy players, it seems like they're buying guys that can make mediocre players do really well. Is well, you know, and and a lot of and of course, baseball ended uh, yesterday, and there's going to be no winter meetings, and the lockout. So the lockout begins in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then there will be no contact with the players and all this shit until things get worked out. They're hoping to get everything back in, uh, by February, you know, like, so they've had a million years to work on this, but they're hoping that between December and January, which, you know, everybody works every single day through December and January. That's how that works. Uh, they're going to be ready to go in February and the season is going to, jump off without a hitch and between February 1st and March 1st, every team has to sign every player so they can get them ready. I love how everybody has this, like like this optimism that all of that shit is going to happen exactly like that. And it's not, it's not, we're not going to see anything as slow as the off seasons have been. We're not going to see a fucking thing this, until it's going to be very full of nothing. Well, yeah. we don't know what the roster is going to be, but before we talk about the roster, why don't we cut to a little, uh, little yeah, commercial? We, we got a little uh, in-house commercial. I hopefully you're entertained uh, while I sell you shit. Here we go. If you're like most Americans, you buy shit. Lots of shit. Sometimes you buy shit for other people. Sometimes you buy shit for yourself. And sometimes you buy shit you have to buy just to stay alive. So why not buy shit through the Sunranto affiliate links at sunranto.com slash shopping. We've got tons of shit you can buy. Go to sunranto.com, click on the shopping link, then click our ads and buy shit. We've got Amazon. They've got tons of shit. But you can also buy MLB shit, NBA shit, NFL shit, Fans Ed shit, Southwest Airlines shit, Fanatic shit, Reebok shit, Wine of the Month shit, Beer of the Month shit, Bear Mattress shit, StubHub shit, Lid shit, Sports Memorabilia shit, Volcanica Coffee shit, Vibrator shit, Condom shit, Bag shit, NHL shit, and Audible Membership shit. There's a whole lot of shit that can help the Sun Ranto Show stay on the air so we can keep talking shit. So buy shit today through sunranto.com slash shopping. Thanks. Cubs Jesus thinks you're the shit. I got to tell you, I was impressed that the picture of the three of us, all of our eyes are closed. I know. And I'm holding a Swiffer. I was like, what was happening on that show? You want to be really impressed. That was just enough time for me to go take a shit. (laughs) That's a lot of shit, Michael. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, let's talk about these roster moves, shall we? Um, there were quite a few of them. Uh, Crawley, you want to read them, considering you put this in there? Yeah, you, the Cubs sent right, right-handed pitcher uh, Jonathan Holder outright to Iowa Cubs. The Cubs sent right-handed pitcher Cole Stewart outright to the Iowa Cubs. Cubs sent left fielder Nick Martini outright to the Iowa Cubs. 
Uh, catcher Jose Lobatone, elected free agency. Catcher Robinson Chirinos, elected free agency. Right-handed pitcher Zach Davies, elected free agency. Chicago Cubs sent right fielder Trace Thompson outright to Iowa Cubs. And Matt Duffy was has elected to test the free agent market. As I well. love the term elected. As if, yeah. as if the contract like, what, is what's over. their other choice? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about some of these guys. Uh, and I just wanted some yay or nays on maybe wanting them back. Um, uh, Dominic writes in, I bought some shit waiting for my rally titty shirt and matching onesie for my grandson. Yeah, that's on the next commercial, too. I got a Sunranto swag commercial, all the T-shirts I've made over the years that nobody buys. I'm going to try to sell them to you again. But uh, yay or nay on wanting these guys back. Um you got the backup catchers, Chirinos and Lobatone. I mean, I don't know who they're going to go with. They got Wilson Contreras and who? I yeah, uh, I I think they're going to sign somebody from Japan. I don't think they're signing either of these guys back. Have yeah, we have, has has a Japanese catcher ever been brought over and signed? Uh, what about Kurt Suzuki? I think he's uh, from the United States. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Way to be racist there, Crawley. Yeah, just assume. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how about Z- uh, Zotch Davies? Anybody uh, want He's him not yet? from Japan either. No, he's, he's also not from Japan. <laughs> but he might be pitching there next year. Yeah, he probably will be. <laughs> he probably. Be, I think he's more of a uh, Korean kind of. I mean, he might even end up in Taiwan. He might end up on the Budapest Reds. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking the, the brothers. He's a yeah, brother's he, guy. He's a brother's, yeah, from Taiwan. But I don't want him back. I was unimpressed by him, and I'm sick of this slow-ass pitch-to-contact shit. Um, the only one that out of the guys that uh, – and I don't think you mentioned him was uh, Matt Duffy. Did you yeah, mention Duffy? Yeah, one. he was the last one. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I, you'd I, already, I, you'd yeah, already fucking out, glossed yeah. over. Listen, like, <laughs> I don't fucking care yeah, about these uh, guys. Okay, oh, these fucking assholes. Who cares? <laughs> no, but uh, Matt Duffy is the only one that I think is a good role player. On a team, he can play a lot of different positions. Now, I don't think we need another like get on base guy, considering like everybody else is like that, like your Nikos and your uh, uh, your Madrigals and you know that kind of thing. The, the high OVP dudes. Um, I don't know. What do you think about Duffy? He's gonna want to. He's gonna want to start somewhere. He wants an opportunity to have a chance to start, and I, I just don't see. You would think that the Cubs would be a place to go, but, you know, they got guys that they want to try out, you know, in Wisdom and uh, Frank Schwindel, and then you got the two young guys in Magical and uh, and uh, Nico Horner. So, I mean, I don't know where you'd really kind of play them. Uh, we got some comments in the chat here. Daryl Crater, good friend Daryl, uh, says – Coach Daryl. Coach Daryl says, please don't bring Zach back. And uh, Robert – Sanchez says Duffy is the only person on that list even possible. It, the only way Duffy comes back, the only way they we should see him is if he's the final guy, right? Like at the end of spring training, he, he hasn't caught on anywhere and he's the last guy on the bench. Like there's, there's no, like Carly was saying, there's no spot for him. Yeah. So. And then now the, the other guys and, you know, when they say they've been outrighted to Iowa, I think they could, all these guys can become free agents 
in the minor league. So like the Cubs could ink another contract, another minor league contract or major league contract if they really want to give one, but I don't think they could because they don't have room on the 40 man. But, um, uh, these guys will be minor league for agents. Uh, you got outfielder Trace Thompson. Now, all he's thirty one years old, just like all the dudes. Like the Ortega, <laughs> they're all thirty one. All thirty one. Nick Martini's thirty one too. Nick, yeah, they're all thirty one. Nick Martini. But if Trace Thompson, though, it was interesting. I don't know what he figured out, but he lit it up as a Cub. I, you know, I looked it up, and I, I don't know. It's probably garbage time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Carl, you got your face in your hands. But I mean, he hit four homers in thirty five plate appearances. You know, I mean, that's not. I know, I know. But I'm just saying. Like, how, how many did he hit in his entire career before? Right. Is it- in 2018, he, he hit three, but it took him 137 <laughs> plate appearances. You know, congratulations to Jed. He did it. The new market inefficiency is 31-year-old guys that never made it in the minors. That's it. That's the key. I, we we I got mean, it. Kind of what the Giants did, right? I mean, Trace Thompson was the on. Giants had some, some uh, World Series uh, champions on there, that roster. Oh right, and all of our, <laughs> our all of our thirty-one-year-old uh, World Series champions got ditched for thirty-one-year-old yeah. rookies. Yeah, and uh, I mean, but I'm looking at Trace Thompson's number. He's been around, okay. He was, he was with the came up with the White Sox. Um, they ended up in L.A. Then he went to Oakland. Then he went back to the White Sox, and then he was in the minors for a couple of years. Then there wasn't even a minor league season in 2020, and then he came up. So like. You know, his batting average has always been super, super low, except for his rookie year when he was 24. Um, and then seven just, years. Yes. But it, it, so like, that's what I mean. Every seven years, does it, it like your whole body changes, right? Did, have you ever heard this? That every seven years, every single cell in your body is regenerated and brand new. And so maybe he's just a whole new Trace Thompson. And he's, you know, get back to that seven-year-old. No, all right. So you don't want Trace Thompson back, I take it. Carl's face is going to fall off. Um, Danny's like, Trace Thompson's a whole new human now. I have. I'm tired of – I'm getting to the point of the offseason, and it's one day old, that I'm already tired of this idea of, well, maybe this. Well, maybe that. Well, maybe this. You know what? That is just a bunch of shit. That's a bunch of garbage. Like, why would you want these guys on your team? Well, well, here's the question. These guys were dudes. It would, do you take, take them as like fourth out, not fourth outfielders, sixth outfielders, and you'd stash them in AAA so that you have dudes, like, you know, I don't know. They're real major leaguers that could come up and actually like take some parts of somebody gets hurt. They're 4A players. They're four, eight good players. enough to play AAA. They're not good enough to be in major leagues. That's what they are. And I really don't want to see, imagine paying the highest ticket prices in baseball to watch a 4A team. Yeah. Well, and you will though. That is what's going to happen. Nick Martini's the other one. Uh, he was less impressive. Uh, batted 270, but no, no, no pop in the bat. Uh, the one that intrigues me probably most is Cole Stewart. He started a few games at the, I know that Minnesota had been real high on him and, and it just, it didn't work out. Uh, but he had a, he, his best start for the Cubs was at the end of May. He only gave up one run versus San Diego and went five innings. His worst start was against the Cardinals. He gave up five runs through four, but the Cubs won it anyway. Ended up with a 527 earned run average, 11 Ks, only 13 innings. But, like, this dude had a lot of promise with the Twins, and they just kind of gave up on him. So he seems like a reclamation project. I mean, 
you know, we saw that with Arietta. You remember he sucked with the uh, I'm not saying Cole Stewart's Arietta, but I'm mm-hmm. saying that sometimes you're in a bad situation like a Jake Arietta and you have a lot of talent, but it's not working out and maybe Cole Stewart could be that dude. Plus he's got a hilarious picture on uh <laughs> on baseball reference. He's like, he looks like somebody just stuck something up his butt. <laughs> um but he he's interesting. And then the other one was Jonathan Holder, who was with the Yankees for many years, and he just only pitched two innings in the minors all year. Um he's got a four thirty eight lifetime ERA, which isn't like, you know, breaking down any doors, but um anyway. That's just a middle relief arm, you know, just one of those dudes from the pet. He was hurt all year, so we didn't really get to see him at all. Um, we didn't see him at all in Chicago. He just was in the minors. But, um, I mean, I don't know if if any of these guys would be worth bringing back, you know, for at least a minor league situation. They, you know, the Cubs and the players both have to make a decision on that, and hopefully they'll make the right one. I don't know, but, you know, you sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle, but you just don't want to be betting on it all the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, none of them totally impressed me, but at the same time, it's like you somebody's got to play in the minors. <laughs> I mean, you don't have, you know, like somebody, and I don't know, like, what their plan is with, like, your, like, Greg Dykemans of the world and your, uh, you know, we don't know. Uh, Trent Giambroni. Yeah. It, Trent Jambroni, we don't know their plan with him. Brennan Davis, we don't know if he's going to make the big league squad, what kind of spring training he'll have. Is Ian Miller going to play all spring training and then not play at all? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, they make weird decisions and things that I don't expect them to do, and then you end up with Nick Martini instead. It's just strange. You know, it may be strange, but 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 hopefully, if these guys end up in the minor leagues, we can send them some swag, like some uh, Sunranto shirts. Dude, I think that uh, Sunranto shirts are exactly the kind of swag these people want. It's time for another commercial. Do you like having sex? Me too. That's why I always wear my Sunranto swag shirts every time I'm looking to get some. It's the only t-shirt guaranteed to get you laid. Knock boots in your shankless shirt. Bump uglies in a rancher long sleeve. Ride the skin bust at Tuna Town in a Dabbing Cubes fan shirt. Take gold one-eye to the optometrist in your bull penis awesome attire. Or smash pissers in a spagog shirt. Sunranto swag shirts are just like people. There are many different sizes and colors to choose from. Plus, at Sunranto's Swag Store, you'll find Vintage John Baker Day, Designated Hater, and Matt Camerer drawn rally titty designs on everything from shirts and hoodies to baby onesies, bags, and hats. Go to sunranto.com slash swag and check out all the sexy styles guaranteed to get you laid. You'll be stuffing the soft taco in no time. Sunranto.com slash swag. Guaranteed to get you laid. Wearing Sunranto Swag products not guaranteed to get you laid. Sunranto Swag is not responsible for your sex life. Sunranto Swag is for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> that got me pretty hot, man. All right. Yeah, baby. It's it's that Kupcher Davis. I, I hired Kupcher Davis back to do the voice, and I think he did a great job. He's got such nothing's, a sexy tone. Yeah, um, nothing's as sexy like uh, thinking of that smelly asshole in his short robe and nothing underneath. Oh. Uh, um, you know, it's uh, the, the one phrase he used that I'd never heard before was uh, smashing pissers. Whew. That's... <laughs> that got me. <laughs> it made me sweat. Um, well, the uh, the season's over, and um, they're completely over. The Braves won. I mean, did you guys watch any of that? Or I did. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I, I, I watched the Braves uh, cap that victory off. Cap that I, just, I had to make sure Dusty didn't get his trophy, so I'm happy. You know, it ended it all's well that ends well. I didn't, you know, I didn't want the Braves to win in front of their fans, but I didn't want Dusty to hold the trophy and, and then have to see all the ass-kicking, ass-kissing articles afterwards about how Dusty's the greatest guy ever. So I love the fact that he's still the guy that never won it all. And good. I hope he never wins a World Series championship in my life. Uh, Lisa Cram writes in, says, that awkward moment when you're listening to the show with kids while making dinner and the swag commercial comes on. <laughs> that was the swag commercial premiere. <laughs> it's a historic yeah. moment for your kids to witness. Speaking <laughs> of historic, how about they, Jorge they like, Soler? Oh, yeah, yeah, baby. I mean, it, and it's funny, it, it, to, it's talking about Cubs Twitter. <laughs> the revisionist history was I, I waited to it a little bit, but the revisionist history of like, I can't believe we got rid of Solaire. It's like, dude, we had like nine outfielders. We had nine left fielders. None of them could play left. So Solaire was always hurt. And if you look at his stats with Kansas City, he had one good year where he won the home run title. And that was right. it. It was pretty disappointing. We only got one year Wade Davis out of it. But we but got Wade to- Davis was good that year. Yeah. And right. they helped get you to the NLCS. And and Jorge Solaire is very much like Eloy Jimenez in that they are both gigantic men that can hit the ball very hard. And if you had a DH, and, and Michael's not going to hear this, but these are the type of guys with Eloy and Jorge that can hit, but okay, they can't feel worth a shit. Though. That's not true because the fucking DH is a fake position that nobody's ever actually used to fucking fill up a spot on their goddamn roster. Well, they that's used to where the you 80s. put your That's where you put your backup catcher. And you let him fucking play there, you know, and you give a guy a day off and he's your you look at You look at a guy like Eloy or Jorge, they suck in the field. They're absolutely awesome. That's why Adam Dunn sucked in the NL. I used to sit there and, and he'd play left field and my seats were right there. And I would watch Adam Dunn butcher baseballs, trip over his feet, do a somersault <laughs> in the well, and fucking triple, like, seven hop it Jorge to the fucking shortstop. Jorge was not that bad. And he had a cannon for an arm. He had an arm, but he, but he just... Does wasn't that great of a fielder, didn't get good reads on balls. And again, like you said, super muscular, and he was always having these soft tissue issues. Pull this, uh, strain that. It's always, it was always something. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad we got rid of him, and I'm, I'm also glad he got a ring because what a fun Great guy, guy. fun guy, nice well, guy. Just, and not only got the ring, but the trophy, the MVP. Yeah, he got the MVP. That was and- huge. So he just he caught fire. I mean, he caught fire in that World Series. He uh, over overall in the um, I looked it up that in the in the whole playoffs, he actually didn't do that great. He had COVID for the first round, so like he didn't. You know, he came. It, you know, it's possible that might be. You know, COVID's got a lot of side effects. It's possible that one of them's making you the World Series MVP. No, I think they got to add that to the CDC list. Um, and you know who, who who absolutely crushed their brand though was Jock Peterson with the pearls and everything. And he did and he did shitty. He batted like under two hundred in the in the world. He series. was smoking a cigar. He wrote a letter to Harry Styles. Like he was the biggest thing in the postseason. Really didn't do. I mean, he did what was it? He did good in the NLCS. He yeah. yeah. He had like three homers uh, in the first two series, but then yeah, by the time he did the World Series, his uh, he he was out. He was done. But he made it so like he, like just like the way he would show up to the ballpark, whatever he was wearing, the pearls, uh, all that stuff, the stogies. The he came out of uh, when they're winning the World Series, 
basically with a stogie and a glass of red wine. And I think he had a, like Robin slippers on. Like he, he absolutely milked it for everything it was worth. Yeah. He had, he had a, he had a couple of good plays out in the field, at least. I mean, game seven, he, you know, caught kind of a low ball that I kind of feel like if he had a better read on it, he wouldn't have had to slide, but he caught it. And Jesse Chavez, who, if you remember, always had goggles, the you goggles. know, uh, yeah. yeah. Good to see him when he was another nice guy. That yeah, and really he, liked. He older dude too. I think he's 37, 38 years old. And he's kind of a journeyman reliever, been with a lot of teams. Uh, he's kind of like the, um, Fernando Rodney. He's like the yeah. new Fernando. Fernando Rodney's probably, he's probably pitching tonight somewhere. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's gotta be. I mean, he's, he's in that, Tijuana right now. He's in Dominican. He's, he's in Puerto Rico. He's somewhere. I guarantee you that. Um, uh, yeah, I'll have to try. I, he was definitely playing in Dominican last year because I had the lie dome. Uh, also, speaking of that, the lie dome, which is the Dominican, I couldn't find it on my app, my app, but it's actually MLB ish. You have to subscribe, but it's through MLB you can get all the Dominican games right now. So, breaking oh. news from John Heyman right now oh. the Cleveland Guardians are expected to hire Chris Faleka as hitting coach. That's he has been with the Cubs as assistant. That's who we coach. were just trying to think of as the assistant. Ah, Chris Valeka. So he's gone. Uh, he gone, as as Hawk Harrelson would say. Uh, God, why did I quote Hawk Harrelson? Seriously. Um, yeah, I have a problem. So, uh, <laughs> no, so Jock gets the ring. Jesse Chavez gets her. It was just, uh, you know, I, I'm especially happy for Georgie. Not really happy for Braves fans. I'm glad they didn't win it at home and, like, Trump's at the game doing the chop. It's like. Dude, your brand is just to like what trigger liberals like who are trying to make you a better person by like not being a racist son of a bitch, and you're like, I am a racist son of a bitch. Look at me, chop, chop, chop. It's like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's like you're like you know that little kid that you're like, stop poking your sisters, you keep poking her ass. You know, it's like, dude, go to timeout, like. That guy that like laid down in Home Depot the other day wouldn't wear a mask. It's like these uh, human adults having fucking tantrums uh, in the in public. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm glad Braves fans didn't get theirs. Um, so uh, how about this? Nick the Stick, as expected, opts out. Probably he's going to get the qualifying offer, 18, 19 million, whatever. And he's not going to take it. Or maybe he will. I doubt he will. He's probably looking for the bigger deal, maybe a better team. Um, I know everybody. I would say both. Yeah, I think both, and and I think everybody in Chicago wants him badly. Um, why would he? Be great. Why would he go to Chicago though? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I think again, he you know he had a really good time in Chicago. He liked the stadium. He liked the facilities. Again, that was a better team that he was on than he would be coming to. Right, um, unless unless he's best friends with Kyle Hendricks. Uh, Jason Hayward or Wilson Contreras, nobody's there anymore. They're all gone. There's nobody else for him to hang out with. So, unless, he, like he, I said, if he, I, if he loves those three, he likes then Chicago. come back. And right. I, I, like, I think he just loved the city, the vibe. Uh, he and um, I remember, Danny, we waited for them after they came back, and he was just walking back to his place. Like, he just kind of dug everything about, like, just kind of – there are just certain people, like I remember Dempster and Ted Lilly, they just love like going on a bike and like biking two blocks to get to your home and then coming back to the park whenever. And there's a lot of people that do enjoy it. Now, again, he's going to get paid, and, and now he's going to have a choice of teams that are going to want to pay him. But coming to Chicago re- really revitalized his career where he struggled, didn't enjoy playing in Detroit, didn't like the stadium. 
uh, kind of revitalized him. So I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be enough to get him over here. But yeah, a I just don't know that. The, well. I don't know that the you know the Ricketts are going to put enough uh, dollar bills in his pockets to make him come back. Sure, I mean all all things equal, maybe he would pick the Chicago Cubs to play. But all things are not equal. So, yeah, I don't know if he comes back. I mean, I, I would love it, but and yeah, I would love him to get all the players to be like, "All right, we're completely making the remaking the team. We're getting Correa. We're getting Nick the Stick. We don't care. We're going full on." And I just don't see it because tied to a qualifying offer, the punishment for that is not what the Cubs want to do. You lose uh, five hundred thousand dollars of like international free agent money. You lose your second round pick. It's a lot. It's a lot to lose, and um, you know, I just uh, I think that right now when they're trying, they're obviously trying to recharge the farm system, uh, and we'll talk about how they might be doing it uh, in uh, somewhat successfully in a second. But um, you know, I just feel like they haven't asked us to be patient, but I'm expecting us they're going to not ask us to be patient, but we're going to have to be patient <laughs> for them to get a team. That we have to be patient for the young guys to start coming up and succeeding for them to start putting veterans around them that have a lot of talent. Nick the Stick was not the only one to opt out. Andrew Chafin, the failed yep. starter, also opted out, so he's a free agent. Again, if you don't really plan on competing, then getting a top-line reliever really doesn't make it worth well, it. And here's the other thing I want to point out about Andrew Chafin. He, he, oh, he pitched 68.2 innings last year. Which is so close to nice, <laughs> but he pitched in seventy-one ball games. He had a one eighty-three earned run average, which is amazing. But that is far more than a run better than any other showing he ever had. And he used to be a loogie back when loogies could be a thing. That's better. He he never had an ERA even in the twos. Okay, and I I don't know. To me. Every other year for a reliever. Like, I bet you next year he's absolute dog shit with an ADRA. I just, it's my feeling, my gut feeling on it is like, stay far away from Andrew Chafin. He'll, pre- he'll pitch and look like Bleach. He'll look and pitch like Bleacher Jeff next year. Yeah. I <laughs> I saw Bleacher Jeff pitching uh, on the mound underneath the bleachers at Wrigley. I am, you got me nervous now. Yeah. No, I, I can see Chafin actually coming back because I don't know that there's a huge. Uh, a huge market for him. Like, you know, Danny, you're saying he, he's coming off of his best year. But, I mean, just what are you going to pay for a reliever? Anyway, you know, well, there's you, not going to be a big difference between the offers is what I'm saying. And so I can see him choosing the Cubs because he liked if, – if it's a million-dollar difference on a six- or seven-million-dollar deal – he might actually do that because he did like being with the Cubs, and he's not going to go somewhere and make twelve million versus six. He'll make other money too because we like him so much. Uh, but if, uh, but we'll not like him real fast because Chicago Cubs fans like it. But my other thing about uh, uh, Chafin is he turned down five million. Like, who's going to pay him? Five, are the Cubs going to pay him five million to, for what? You know, to when they got these young arms that they're trying to develop and teach them how to do stuff. I don't. I don't see it. Well, you know, rather than looking in the past, we do have some good news about future. Well, no, one players. more, one more rumor though, Javi. Yeah, John, John Heyman is like, convinced he's coming back. Like right, three times, like tripling down. You know, and and I for one can totally see it. 
That is the one of all those guys that I think that I could absolutely see them going for. Because the Do you see my new hobby bobblehead that came in? No. Let's see if I can get back there. I just unwrapped him the other. Oops. I see it's just very small. No, can you just, can you, is, is Javi not movable? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, he's trying to move the whole computer too. Yeah, I've, I've hey. nailed him into this. Like, let me move this computer and microphone. Oh, the El Mago. Yeah, he's got the uh, the uh, the magic. Uh, what do they call a wand? I'm like yeah. the magic stick. I got the magic stick. I know I could hit once. I think that song's about something else. Um, but <laughs> but no, the uh, he's the one I do things coming back. We can just leave it at that. We don't have to talk about Javi coming back. I think everybody. Feel similarly, uh, but yeah, good news. The AFL still going. We talked uh, last week with Greg Huss about uh, a couple of these guys, but Nelson Velasquez and Caleb Killian won AFL Pitcher of the the week and Player of the Week. Uh, Killian, who we got for Chris Bryant, we talked a little bit about him with Huss. Dude's got a ninety eight mile per hour fastball. He's mixing different pitches. You know, he had a terrible first outing. And a pretty good, he's a starting pitcher. Like, this guy could be the real deal. It's very exciting for the Cubs to have a legitimate starting pitcher prospect. In many cases, I don't think since um, uh, Dylan Cease did we have a prospect that was maybe as highly touted as Caleb Kelly is right now. I don't know about Dylan Cease being highly touted. Well, he was just the best guy we had. That was an actual major league. We have no major league starters coming out of the minor leagues. None. Right. I'm just saying, like, when He's I when I think about it, I think about Mark Pryor when I think about, like, yeah. guys that were supposed to be, like, studs. Yeah, real dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying this guy is, you know, Thor or anything like that, you know, but I'm saying, you know, or Jacob. 98 place. 98 place. is what we've been asking for. And you, you mix it, you mix, it's exactly what we've been asking for, so excuse me if I'm be excited about fucking Be excited, day. absolutely. <laughs> I then, just didn't, Dylan Cease has really done well with the Sox. I just didn't think he was that anything, he wasn't, as a prospect, that's why he was thrown into the deal to kind of seal it, you know what I mean? That, that the White Sox knew there was talent, the Cubs did, it was just if you could unlock it or not. Yeah, and Nelson Velasquez, six donks, uh, leading the AFL right now so that's exciting because he wasn't even you know he's kind of like reminds me of like how Wilson Contreras didn't really come out of nowhere but kind of came out of nowhere I don't think anybody was thinking that Nelson Velasquez were was good and this is a high you know the AFL is a lot of prospects in that league a lot of talent so if he's doing it down there I'm not going to read too much into it but it's exciting that we that we might have they might they the pipeline might be piping that's all I'm saying and it might be these two guys. Um, anything to add about those dudes? No, I'm just more excited about the announcements that we have rather than the Cubs announcements. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we got a few. Um, the Cubs Carol uh, contest is happening. Uh, I'll play uh, one of my new ones, Frank Schwindel, uh, to, to cap off the show. Uh, Bill Sugis, I thought he put one in. Like Nicole, uh, my fiance, she said, it's like, oh, no, Bill's singing on the ranters. I, oh, I'm excited to see this. So I, I click on it. It's just Bill talking about how he's got no ideas for a song. And then he sings one line. I'm like, all right, warming up, Bill, warming up. He's the reigning champion. Uh, we'll see if anybody else uh, can beat him. But, um, yeah, it's it, make your own uh, Christmas parodies, uh, Christmas Cubs parodies. Yeah. I've, I've already got mine planned out. Just nice. got to work, work through it now. 
You posted on the Ranto, uh, Sun Ranto Ranchers page, which if you didn't join it, join it. Go on Facebook, search it up. I guess you could do it on Twitter. Just tag me, Sun Ranto, so I see it. And uh, you will be entered to win. And we'll play a bunch on the show, and we'll decide a winner. Uh, it's it's not a democracy. We choose. <laughs> you know, I guess we'll, we we could be influenced by people, but um, but yeah, uh, but there's so many great uh, uh, contest entries last year. So and to win, let me let me grab it real quick. And I'm gonna have this signed by Mr. Wu himself. But we have a Ronnie Wu Wu talking bobblehead for the winner. This thing is priceless. You know, Just I so you know, that was the first bobblehead ever released by the Bobblehead Hall of Fame. So that's got to be worth what? Wow, thousand it, bucks. It, yeah, and you say it talking, so does it woo? It just woos. Woo! I haven't, I haven't turned it around because then it wouldn't be in mint condition anymore. I haven't mm. even. I'm not going to open it. You know, it probably um, just goes woo, woo. I would woo. guess. It, I, I can you imagine woo. it doesn't woo, woo, and it's just like him like spewing Bible verses or something random. Um, <laughs> that would be so weird. So anyway, Roddy, uh, d- get it was your the uh, best of times. It was the worst. Yeah, of he's times. like it's all of Dickens. Yeah. Um, so and uh, you know this is CNN. And, and also, if <laughs> <laughs> if you're so inclined, uh, come join us on December the 11th, and uh, we're going to meet at G Man Tavern at 5 p.m. Uh, I'm going to post a link in the chat here to the Facebook event. Uh, we're going to be at G-Man Tavern for the Cubs caroling event on December 11th. Join us. Come on through. Also wanted to say thank you. We did have a, a death in the Sun Ranto Rancher family. We raised a bunch of money for <coughs> excuse me, for a friend of us uh, who's in that group on Facebook, the Mike Leonard Condolences jersey, and we, we ended up buying um, her a, a shirt because she lost her mother and also uh, raised $200 for a suburban uh, animal shelter, which I know that's close to uh, Crawley's heart working at, at a vet as a kid. Your dad was a vet and stuff growing up. So anyway, thank you so much. And uh, the other announcement is afterwards, after the show in five minutes, uh, join us on the Spotify green room app. You download the Spotify green room app. It's free. You follow Sun Ranto show to be notified when we go live, which we will be doing in five minutes. And, uh, then we have a conversation about whatever the fuck you guys want to talk about. And you can come on the show. You know, today is the five year anniversary of the world series parade. And it is. Oh, did you see what happened yesterday? So I, I was just at a fucking random, uh, Salvation Army store. And I found the, the Tribune and the Post, the, the, the Sun-Times. The Tribune and the Sun-Times on November 3rd, uh, 2016, those two papers. And I found it on November 3rd, 2021. And I never got them because I was in, I was out in Colorado. I never got so them. You bought them. So I bought $3. I think I got them for less than anybody could have gotten them for that day. I think the trip was is five dollars by itself, you know, or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, I know the great. Sunday one is. Um, so yeah, so join us on the Spotify Green Wrap. We'll talk about the. But I like I enjoyed reminisce about the World Series this this week. It was fun. It, five years felt like a long time. <laughs> it felt. Oh my god! You know, I, so I was looking like at pictures different- of myself. I'm like, oh god. Oh, God, life has been rough to me. <laughs> so uh, do you have any flexing cubes? This is where we give you the hottest takes on the Internet. Yes, I I have one. Okay. How many you got, Crawley? One. 
One. Okay, yeah. good. I think we decided uh, we're just going to have one from now on. Okay, that sounds good. All right. Well, um, it was actually in the notes. We didn't get to it, but I'm going to bring it up right now. Oh, yeah. PETA is really upset about the term bullpen. And so they've offered up a wonderful option, which I love. I love the idea of calling it the arm barn. Call the bullpen the arm barn from now on. Relievers are on the arm barn. They're getting warmed up. But uh, then this fucking cube points out, so this is the real meaning of arm barn, just so you know. On Urban Dictionary, <laughs> arm barn is shoving one's fist up one's ass, similar to fisting, only a funnier word. <laughs> hey, sailor, want to go home and arm barn me? <laughs> so that came from Pierre's ex name, and I absolutely—I just laughed my ass off oh, when I gosh. saw that. So let's uh, let's get some more arm barn going. Uh, I enjoyed this on Facebook from my friend Carl Craddock. It, uh, he wrote in, uh, he goes, it looks like Twitter thinks you died, Danny Rocket. And it was me and Crawley last Thursday. We were, because <laughs> Crawley did a, one of those uh, uh, chats in Twitter. What do they call it? A space. Crawley yeah. And, and he, he named it remembering something, like remembering the, 2016 World Series. But or NLCS or something. But yeah, yeah, but it just looks like there's a picture of Crawley and a picture of me, and underneath it says remembering. It looks like we died. <laughs> it, 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 it totally looks like you, you're dead. You've got, like, blue halos. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. It just looks like we were just killed in the motorcycle accident or something. Yeah. Um, so that's mine. Brett Bleacher Nation writes a reminder that the Cubs crunched 40 man hits the wall today. As guys come off the 60 day IL and will have to come off. There will be departures. And Discipio.com writes no mere 40 man roster could possibly hold all of the amazing talent the Cubs have assembled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's kind of how Michael feels about the DH. It's like, you know, oh, you got. You got a spot there, but what are you filling it with? <laughs> the 40-man field. Well, I, I don't know. You got a spot there, Danny. What are you filling it with? I'm thinking arm bar. I'm thinking arm bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danny, that's, your, that's your old commercial. Yeah, I'm exactly. thinking I'm thinking arm bar. It'll have you saying I'm thinking arm bar. All right, See, well, that's – You have to end it with Sailor. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So that is the Sun Ranto show for tonight. Please join us on the uh, Spotify Green Room app right now. But here is my first entry into the uh, Cubs uh, Carol. That is one of the ones we'll sing on December 11th. So uh, check it out. This one's called Frank Schwindel. Spagog, see you on the other side. We all hate it. are traded with a VNKB. For some prospects and lottery tickets Lots of losses throughout August Went 7 and 20 But there's one player Cup fans could cheer Frank Schwindel Frank Schwindel Schwindel in the Schwindy City Going deep and he's cheap. He was better than okay. Frank was better. 
The Sunranto Show is brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. And we thank them for sponsoring the Sunranto Show. The Sunranto Show is also brought to you by the Spotify Greenroom app. The second half of the show, which you're about to hear, was recorded on the Spotify Greenroom app. It is an app that you download for free at the iOS App Store or the Android Store. You create a profile, you link your Twitter, you join a league. Uh, you follow us at Sunranto Show to be notified when the room goes live. And uh, then when we go live, you can join in the conversation. So it's kind of like a radio call-in show, uh, except you're using an application on your phone that you can download. So you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. You get in on the conversation and uh, you can listen to lots of different things. There's all sorts of uh, leagues and concepts and uh, radio shows that are going live on the Spotify Greenroom app. You don't want to miss it. So check it out uh, and uh, download it today. And we thank them for sponsoring the Sunranto Show, which you need to follow on the Spotify Greenroom app. Sunranto Show. Here's our conversation. I am here on the fifth anniversary of one of the largest gatherings of humanity in the Western Hemisphere in the world. The, I think it's like number five in the world, and that was the anniversary of the Cubs parade and rally. Yeah, I went. I didn't go down there. Uh, I, I just saw it on. I lined the streets up by Wrigley. Is what I what I did, but um. What, 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 so you had the full on experience with it. So like, what was, I don't know, like, I know, I know that you, didn't you sleep on my couch the night before? Uh, no, no, I did not. I slept at a different buddy's place, different couch. Um, I was, uh, I was more in Ukrainian village trying to get closer to Grant Park. So, uh, you know, Wrigley, uh, you know, the, the, where Wrigley is, it's not, this was in downtown, downtown Chicago, as opposed to, um, uh, Lakeview. So it was, uh, I woke up at three in the morning. Uh, and I, 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 we had a beer together that night though. I wasn't Wrigleyville because I wanted to take pictures of the chalk drawings. So we walked around you and I for a little bit, uh, that day. Yeah. I, I, it all kind of blurs together at the end of that situation. It was just total insanity. Um, that whole, really that whole off season, I mean that whole postseason into uh, the afterwards. But uh, you know, I remember hanging out at Wrigley or at G, G Man that night too. And man, that was insane! Like some of the Cubs brass, where Julian Green was there, and some of the Cubs like front office guys were hanging out, and they looked haggard. Everybody was just in real rough shape at that point. Um, God, I mean, and, and that parade. I mean, what joy! Yeah, you know, I, I've been, I was at, uh, yeah, I woke up at three in the morning that day and I was like, I just, I, I grew up, at, we grew up in the golden age of Chicago sports. We got to see a Bears Super Bowl in 85. Uh, the Bulls had a bunch of those rallies in Grant Park, uh, same place. 
uh, during the 90s and 90s Bulls with Jordan Pippen and, and, and those guys. And then we had the Blackhawks, uh, who were in the news for the wrong reasons this week, but, uh, you know, they had three parades themselves, you know, so when, and the White Sox did too in 05. And so when we finally sat there and the Cubs finally won it all, you knew it was going to be big. It was kind of one of those things where you sit there and you say to yourself, uh, okay, man, like what, what's going to be like when the Cubs finally win it? Like that was always the big question you had. And boy, did we get a response, man. It was, it was absolute. Like I said, that, that, sometimes the, not sometimes, all the times, the best things in life are organic. They're not forced. You know what I mean? And so when they, when people started just drawing on Wrigley Field, no one ever thought to draw on Wrigley Field with chalk. But when they started writing these things and drawing amazing pictures, um, it, it was amazing. Uh, so you and I went and we had a drink and we walked around Wrigley just taking pictures and just soaking in the atmosphere and so did everybody else. We're now talking about this is two days roughly after, really, because they wanted right around midnight here, even Chicago time. It was later, you know, it was the next day. It was Wednesday technically in uh, Cleveland. And, uh, you know, when they, it was just this atmosphere was absolutely electric and all the buildings in Chicago, like they had the, like all the, the, they had it so that, you know, it spelled out Cubs or world champs or all this stuff. So I woke up at three in the morning and that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the Chicago skyline and everything is lit up gorgeous. And we watched the sunrise together, you know, and, and it was just all, you could tell it was getting crowded. Um, and then all of a sudden as the sun was up and we started, uh, started kind of looking around like people were just, I saw this a lot, like just having fun, but kind of getting a little crazy. They're climbing up on these giant statues everywhere around Grant Park and somebody unfurled the W flag and people kept doing this. I saw it at the NLCS and I saw it after they won the world series, these trust falls where they were like up high and like falling backwards and people were catching them. But at about 9 AM, they open up these chain link fences and it was I, I kid you not. It was every man for themselves. If you fell down, you may have gotten trampled and nobody was helping you. you it, it was, it was an absolute scramble. So, you know, I was 40 years old. So it was, you know, five years ago and I sprinted like, like my life depended on it. And then you had to stop at a checkpoint to check your shit and then sprint into Grand Park. Now it was probably about a hundred yard dash followed by another 150 yard dash. And oh my God, was I out of breath by the time I got to the stanchion, but I was at the very, so they had like this whole field and I was at the very front in front of like these um, kind of like barriers. And then like there was another 30 yards where like the, the players, families and the employees got to stand. And then there was the stage. And so I got there, I kind of chilled out for a little bit, tried to catch my breath. And then, you know, all of a sudden you see the field just fill up, this gigantic, like bigger than a football field, fill up instantaneously. And it was just this massive humanity. And so now we're sitting there, it's probably about like 9.30, and this shit, it doesn't even start until like noon or 1 o'clock, I can't even remember to be honest. And so they're playing on these two giant jumbo screens. They're playing the Cubs postseason games. Uh, Bernie was there. Bernie, what do you remember about that event? You want to request to speak, Bernie? But, uh, yeah, we were sitting there, and we're there. And I, I'll invite Bernie to speak. Bernie, I just invited you, so. Hi, Bernie. Bernie, are you in? You got to unmute yourself. I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? 
Yeah. I, I'm multitasking, like cleaning up. And I'm like, oh, oh, I got to pay attention here. Oh, my God. So you got, you know what? Um, I live in St. Charles. So I took, me and my friend, we left, like, I think we took, like, a 6 o'clock train from, from Geneva. And it was already packed. <laughs> and they weren't collecting fares. Because I couldn't. And everybody's, people were, people were already drinking. And it was, it was surreal. And, okay, so, all right. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go. And we're going to drink. We're going to have fun. I did not drink anything because I didn't want to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Wasn't it just. No, that, you were. You that were, was my question is, you know, Carly, when I did the math there, you're like, we're all there at nine. And the thing starts at one. I'm like, somebody's going to have to take a crap. Somebody's going to have to pee. Like, what the hell were people doing? Uh, you know, yeah. you, you held it. They had porta potties. They did have porta potties. I believe they did. But imagine, though, if, imagine if, it, yeah, I, I, I remember there was towards the western side. And here's the thing, though. It's kind of like if you go to a concert, like general admission, is that if you have a kick-ass primo spot, you leave. There ain't no guarantee you're getting that back. Yeah, that's exactly. Because, man, as, as the day, as it grew closer to, like, noon, it was getting packed. And here's another thing. You could, your cell service couldn't work. Like, people were trying to post on Facebook, and they couldn't. I don't know. Could you even text people? I can't even remember. It was just too I did not anticipate that crowd. Did you, Crawley? Well, no, I, I, knew I didn't big, know what to expect. And yeah, yeah when, you, when they talk about, like, the fifth largest gathering in the history of humanity, no, I didn't expect. So they put on the screens where we're watching the games, if you remember that. And then right around, yes. I want to say, like, 11, 11.30, they started, like, showing the news broadcast of the Cubs getting – they hadn't even gotten on their bus yet. And so they're showing this broadcast as these guys are getting onto the buses. Uh, it's like these like uh, double-decker buses. They're on the top of these buses. And um, the, the, all of a sudden, they start going on the parade route, and people are pulling over on, the, uh, on, on Lakeshore Drive. And it was then when they're taking all the video and showing everybody hanging from every roof, every alley, every, everything, that you're starting to go, holy shit. Because like, I knew there would be a lot of people at Grant Park. The parade route was what kind of shook me as being – as crowded it is as it was like for me, I just look back and I can't see anything other than a, a sea of blue, you know? And it started from Wrigley. I mean, it started from Wrigley and went all the way to Grant Park and it was just, the streets were full. People were climbing on top of streetlights. Cops didn't give a crap. Um, people hanging out of windows, hanging on rooftops. Yeah. Anywhere you, people just wanted to see like one, one moment with the trophy. People, I mean, that's a good place. That was a good place to take pictures. Like, you know, like, um, Danny, you take very good pictures. It, man, you would have had some good pictures from that day. Well, I've, I've got a ton of pictures of that day, but I wasn't down by Grant Park. I mean, I had a, um, a I, I believe that was, uh, what day of the week was that? Well, I said yeah, Friday. Well, I had to work, so that's one thing. So, I, and I knew that they weren't going to get on those buses, and I had to work till at least 11 o'clock that day. So um, I I, uh, I, w I was able to go down by Wrigley. That's the only thing I had time to go. I know that Grant Park was going to be a shit show, and I wasn't going to make it. But uh, I, I went down there, and um, I ended up pretty far. You couldn't get anywhere near Wrigley. By the time I showed up, I think it was still an hour before um, 
it, it was still an hour before, uh, it, you know, the parade actually started. And um, it was, I go by Wrigley. Well, I can't get anywhere near Wrigley. So I just kept walking east as it, it because the parade was going to go down Addison or it did go down Addison. So I kept moving uh, east until I was probably about four blocks east of Wrigley. And then even there, I was like, you know, kind of too deep. And then that ended up being like six deep of people on that corner on both sides of the street lined all the way down Addison, all the way to Lakeshore drive. And then as you guys were saying, the entire parade route from Wrigley to Grant Park was packed full of humans. And those people were all included in that um, largest uh, gathering or fifth largest gathering, whatever it was in human history. And, um, it was just, I mean, what, what an incredible experience to be a part of. Everybody was so happy, um, you know, oh, yeah. as, well, the, as the yeah. buses went by. And I got some video of that and some pictures of everybody uh, going on. It was just freaking magical. So there's a lot of background well, noise on somebody. I'm not sure who, but. Right. Yeah, it sounds like a sink or something. Yeah. Some well, Bert, Bertie said she we was were, multitasking. We're hearing yeah, some of that. It was me. We was were. Me. Uh, okay. <laughs> we. We were, uh, so we, we were there and the Cubs finally show up and Pat Hughes is emceeing. And for the very first time in my life, I'm, I, like I said, I'm about 30 yards from the stage. I see the trophy and the trophy's kind of on one corner and Pat Hughes is right there and he's emceeing and they start calling out like, you know, the Cubs of yesterday. It's very Cubs conish, you know what I mean? But then all of a sudden they start announcing the players and the players give speeches and every, I mean, the one that I remember especially was, like, Dexter Fowler because, like, he was the one that surprised everybody by coming back for one more year. And he kind of came to the mic and just said, uh, you know, you guys say, you go, I go. Well, I, I go. now I'm going. And that was it. And everyone's like, oh, geez, couldn't give him a better speech than that. But uh, Ben Zobra's speech was great. Uh, Rossi was – Rossi actually got hit in the face with a tree somewhere. So it looked like somebody punched him in his nose. His nose looked like red and bulbous. And he's got his sunglasses. They're all wasted. They're all like drinking like Jim Beam and chugging from the bottle. They're all half in the bag. And and I remember David Ross, look what the boys got me, you know, and he's just hanging that trophy. But it was uh it was Rizzo that really kind of brought everyone to tears with his speech. Um, really kind of just about Ross, about the team, about everything. And it was it was just so beautiful. And then uh, uh, Rizzo gave Tom Ricketts that final out, the ball. Uh, he caught it, that final out, he put his arms in the air, and then he put the ball in the pocket, and no one really kind of knew where that ball was. And that's where it was, and he did give it to Mr. Ricketts, but you just wonder if he ever regretted that one because God only knows what that ball is going to be worth in 10, 20, 30, 40 years. But um, so, and then there was hope. A lot of people were hoping that Eddie Vedder was going to be there. Everyone knows Eddie was at game seven and he was at a lot of the playoff games, Bill Murray as well. And we didn't know if he was going to show up. And there, that was the rumors that Eddie was going to come out and sing someday we'll go all the way, which is a big song, you know, which was a big song that came out in 2015, um, 2014, 2015, right around there. And uh, it wasn't, it was, I think it was Brett Elridge came out and did go Cubs go, which was okay. And then the cool thing is, is, is that the players were just so amazed at the crowd that they all started taking selfies with the trophy in the crowd behind them. And so it was really kind of cool to see all these different groups of players. They all wanted to get their pictures, this and that. So as this is happening, 
I see like a line of people in the back kind of heading towards, you know, heading west away from the stage. So I kind of go around the stanchion. At this point, we jumped over the stanchion. Now I'm about 10 yards from like everything. And it's like, what are they going to do? Kick me out? It's like at that point, it's all, it's all over. You know what I mean? Anyway, so I jumped over the stanchion like when they were doing the Go Cubs Go and like got really close to the stage. And then as I started to see people walk back, I went to the back of where everything was happening towards the back of the stage. And it's basically, it's a park. I mean, like, there's nothing there to prevent you. So, uh, you know, there were some cops kind of like trying to make like a little tunnel for these guys to walk through, but I ran into so many people, but I, I bumped, you know, I, I got pictures with Chris Bryant with the WWF belt. He had like a WWF belt. I saw Dexter Fowler was the one carrying the trophy out. And that again, now I'm about five feet from the world series trophy for the first time in my life. Uh, you know, I saw Ross, Lester, all those guys walk past me. I took pictures. I took pictures. Davey Martinez took a selfie with me. Lester Strode gave me one of those cool Lester Strode, like, hey, dude, like pointing at you. I saw John Cusick, the infamous John Cusick, uh, back there, Wayne Mesmer. Uh, you know, it was absolutely hilarious, amazing. I, like, I can't believe, like, they just let us, like, walk back there. It was like, hey, what's going on? And there's, like, everybody. You know, the, all, the, all the Ricketts siblings, everything like that. You know, it was it was just at a time when, when none of this, like, absolute hatred towards everybody happened and all the bad things happened with the Cubs. Like, Addison Russell was still a t- good dude, and Todd Ricketts hadn't gone off his rocker. And it was, it was just pure joy is all I can remember from the entire thing. Absolute joy. Um, you know, also, um, my husband works downtown, and their office said, don't come in on that day because they knew it was going to be chaotic because of all those, uh, that was kind of smart because those metric trains were packed. Yeah, it was, it, listen, the whole city, I, it was kind of one of those, like the day the earth stood still kind of moments. Um, you know, I just remember going around and uh, bumping into some friends down by Wrigley. I remember Don Strand, uh, you know, great friend of the of me and the podcast, had been a longtime listener. Uh, she was down there with her husband Eric, and uh, you know, man, what, what a beautiful kind of time we had. I took a bunch of pictures. I mean, I remember just people from all walks of life, like walking around, like. You know, you almost felt like you could hug and kiss everybody you saw, you know, that day. And it was it was like, you know, all the birthdays and Christmases rolled into one moment. And like just like you said, Crawley, the pure joy that I think people felt in that moment was just so palpable. And, uh, you know, I, I wish I, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever get that again. Like, I, you know, I don't you know, I think we. Even if even if they won another World Series, it wouldn't it would never be the same like that was. Yeah, it really felt that way, and I was just so floored with that feeling, and it, and it, and just like I, I like I believed in the concept of utopia for like one or two days, <laughs> and, then like, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right, but people are total assholes. <laughs> that's right. Well, the, 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 you know, the funny thing is throughout that entire run, it, so usually if you hang out at Wrigleyville and you stay long enough, someone's going to get drunk and bump into somebody else's drink and a fight's going to break. I don't remember ever seeing anything like that during that whole time period. Let's go NLCS to the parade. Like normally, like sooner or later, someone gets pissy and words get spoken and everyone had a few beers, but not that time, man. That was just absolute, uh, absolute joy. Uh, and, and, and so funny thing is, is not only am I backstage seeing all the, all the different players walking out, I have like a beeline straight to where I parked my car. 
So I fly home and I am exhausted. Like I said, I've been up since three in the morning. It's probably about four or five in the afternoon, roughly when I get, I didn't go home. I went to the bar right across the street from my house and uh, it was called the tipsy monkey. And, uh, I go there and the owner's there and she's cursing. She's like, God damn it. It's Friday night. And my workers aren't here. And I'm like, well, where, where, where are your workers? And she's like, well, they went down to, uh, they went down to the whatchamacallit, to the rally, the parade. I'm like, and I was on the, on the way home. They were saying that, that the, they couldn't even get the trains going anymore. Like the trains were just so backed up. Like it was taking hours to get like the trains, even just like, just to get people close enough to get on a train. And I'm like, yeah, your workers ain't coming in tonight. There's no way they're getting back from Chicago. They are, they're stuck. So like if you were down there and you were trying to get a train home and, and, uh, uh, Bernie, maybe you can give us a little bit of your feedback. Did you try, did you try taking the train home and how did that go? I did take the train home and they're right. I'll, we, they were behind, but because they were so packed, I mean, those trains, stations got super packed after that ended. We stayed and waited because we knew, we were acting like it was a Cubs game. I tried to wait till the end so that way it's not as trafficy. So we kind of did that. So they were kind of busy. And yeah, the trains, they were, we had, we missed a couple trains and we had to wait. And, but they were so packed that people were sitting on the floor on the trains. But you know what? Everybody was nice and having a good time. They're all happy and singing. <laughs> so it was kind of cool. But, but I can't believe you drove. I mean, where did you park where you could get out of there? <laughs> must be far away from Wrigley. Well, I walked personally. I know you meant, you walked, I, I, I know, know you walked, but, but, but probably drove. But, I mean, Michael, yeah. Cot- Michael Cotton's in this room. Hasn't said a single thing. I, yeah. I want to know who was at Wrigley area when the Cubs won the world series. Now I want to know that you see everybody that who like, um, I know, Danny, you went to the World Series game. I don't, Crawley, did you go to the World Series game too in Cleveland? I, I, I think Crawley He's, went to, to use oh. the bathroom. I'll, I'll tell you about my World okay. Series experience. Yeah. Uh, it, what happened uh, was is, uh, I, I went to uh, game three because of a friend. I went to game four because uh, a guy I know since high school, uh, he, he wrote me that day. And he said, hey, if I – he kind of has a lot of money. And he goes, he goes, you're the number one Cub fan I know. And he bought me a ticket. He bought me a ticket for thousands of dollars. He just – I mean, how lucky could I be? So I get to go to game uh, four. We get blown out. Game five, I am wrecked. Um, my, uh, my friend Mike uh, says, hey, do you want to go? The ticket is 500 bucks. So I'll give you the deal on some of mine. Um, and uh, he uh, he says, uh, and I go, no, I can't go. Nicole goes to game five, beautiful game. So we've seen everything, and I'm like, okay, I want to go to Cleveland so bad. I look on StubHub, and I see that there's a set of three tickets for uh, – Bernie, if you wouldn't mind muting yourself. We're getting a lot of background noise. Oh. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I can't mute you, but uh, – but game six, uh, I go to because I see a set of three. Now, I had toured a bunch that year with uh, my old keyboard player, Gary. I didn't pay him a damn cent for doing all that. And um, so uh, I I'd, I'd call up Gary. I go, 
and well, first I bought three tickets. I bought these three tickets for 600 bucks each. I paid nearly $2,000 for three tickets and, uh, basically decided to just go, go for broke. I'm like, if the Cubs are going to keep this going, I'm going to keep it going too. I go, Gary, call him up. I'm like, pack your bags. We're going to Cleveland. He's an Indians fan. And I'm like, one of our teams is going to do it. It's either my team or your team. We're going down there. So me, Nicole, and Gary all go to Cleveland. And we sit in the upper deck for game six. Game seven, I'm spent. Uh, I've, uh, game six happened. I got no more money. It's it's over for me. And uh, John Felice from Cubs Insider says, hey, uh, listen, I, uh, I I really think you should go to game seven. I'm like, I would love to, but I would need money to do that. And I've spent it all. I've been to all the games. And this game seven, I'm just out of money. Like, I can't – I don't even have room, like, on my credit card, right? So it's like, it's just not happening. So uh, he goes, well, why don't you just ask uh, people for the money? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's not really my style. I don't want to ask people for the money. Well, anyway, I sat there and thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I do a lot of shit. <laughs> I take all these pictures. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm like, I think people would help me 10 bucks at a time. Maybe they'll get me a ticket. Maybe I can raise enough money that I could – the tickets were like 900 bucks or something. I'm like, maybe I can get uh, halfway there. I can raise like 400 bucks, and I can get in. Dude, in no time, I had like $1,500, like an hour. It made me cry. Um, because all these people gave money, you know, uh, my sister, my family members, all these people. And I had enough then that me and Nicole could go. And, uh, so we bought two tickets and this, uh, spent the rest of the money ourselves that we could afford. Cause there was only like an extra 400 bucks or something like that. And so, uh, just basically by the kindness of Cubs fans and all the people that I had met over the years and writing on bleed Cubby blue and doing the podcast and, um, you know, singing at events and throwing events. That was the year of the first John Baker day, for example, that was the kind of the year that it all kind of came together, became friends with Ivy Envy and people call I think that was maybe one of the first years that you and I really hung out a lot and yeah you know it's just like and i don't know if you donated to my ticket but thank you (laughs) but but it was amazing we sat in the outfield in the left field corner and it was just like so many cub fans came and it was like a circus there was a guy dressed up as elvis there was uh you know cleveland fans were dressed like bartman it had there were goats everywhere and you know it was just it was total mayhem total insanity for both fan bases because the cleveland indians they're got a pretty good drought going that's still going so um, it was just it, what an electric wild night. The weather was amazing, and um, I don't know what Crawley. What's your World Series experiences? Where you reminisce for five years? Well, when you uh, I was at Game Six, which I always still to this day argue that was the greatest game that I've ever attended at Wrigley Field. You mean Game um, Five? I'm talking about Game Six of the NLCS. NLCS, NLCS, yeah, yeah. Right, and so the World Series, I was. Um, I, I watched games one and two from my house. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I didn't want to be at a bar and I didn't want to be around other people. Like, depending on, I just didn't want to like be in like a shitty mood or something. I, I just had to be like kind of by myself. You get what I'm saying? Like, I just didn't want to be around people. I wanted to watch every pitch, every angle. I wanted quiet. I wanted focus. Like, I'm, I'm like locked in. Like, I'm freaking like going to be called off the bench somehow. Joe Madden's going to call me off the bench. Um, so I'm into every pitch. And then, uh, I went down to um, Chicago for games three and five I had tickets for. So the great thing is my brother flew in for game three. And so he flew in from Colorado. And the rules were that they closed a huge portion of Lakeview down. 
Like they were not letting cars in and out of that area for the World Series. And so you, it was insane. So I basically crashed at a buddy's place and uh, for a couple nights for, for Friday, Saturday night. I went to game three with my brother, and I thought they were so going to win that game. Uh, Kyle Hendricks versus Josh Tomlin, I had it booked for sure that they were going to win that game because I knew they were going to lose Lackey versus Kluber. That was game four, and that turned out to be like just an awful game, just an awful, miserable game. And so game three, my brother and I went to, and we had a good time, but they lost. It was close. Javi was on base with the winning run at second, two outs, and he struck out. And then I had so many friends that I grew up with that flew in from California, from Texas, from everywhere. And we just were not, we hadn't been together in so long. And there we were walking all together down Clark Street. Like it was amazing. And so Nisei did this awesome promotion where they gave half the bar to um, a big party because you could make so much money if you had a bar down in Wrigleyville during this time period. And, but they gave half the bar to a huge, like, like to a corporation, but the other half, they said, Hey guys, you know, uh, come, come watch them call it come uh, for loyal customers. They invited us for free. And so we got to go to Nisei. So I went to Nisei, but it just was kind of crowded. And, you know, Nisei doesn't have really big TVs, stuff like that. You know, it's not especially back then five years ago. Um, so we decided, like, we're like, you know what? My buddies were kind of tired, and they're like, let's just go to the Airbnb and watch. You know, I got a big screen TV there. But okay, we start walking, and every bar is packed, and you have to pay minimum, minimum, like two hundred dollars for standing room, not for sitting down at a bar. You want to sit down at the bar? That's like four hundred. And so I ended up. We were walking, and I see a line at this bar that I'd never been to. It's called uh, Big Low Country. It's called Low Country. It's on Clark. And it's a little bit south on Clark and it, it's a Cajun place. And I had never seen it before. And I see a line and I'm like, how the hell is there a line? I'm like, every place has been packed since like eight in the morning. And so I walk up to the bouncer and I'm like, dude, uh, what's going on? He's like, are you here for the, uh, the VIP special? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you got hundred bucks. I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, well get ready. Cause we're going to open soon. And I told my friends, I'm like, run to the ATM and grab a hundred bucks. So I'll grab a hundred bucks from the ATM. We come back and now we're downstairs in this basement with huge TVs everywhere. And it was a Cajun place that had good Cajun grill, Cajun boil. So we were eating and, and it was all you could drink for a hundred bucks. Didn't include food. And so we're watching the Cubs game. And of course, John Lackey just, uh, they, they scored off. They scored first. Rizzo had an RBI scores. And uh, all of a sudden, we're going crazy. And then John Lackey absolutely shit the bed and gave it all up. And it's not even close. And the Cubs aren't even close to in it. So we started playing Flippy Cup. And before people knew it, we had absolutely the entire bar playing Flippy Cup, about six picnic bench-type tables playing Flippy Cup and having fun. So that was game four. And then game five, my dad came down to the city, took the train. And my dad grew up off Irving Park in Polina, about a mile and a half from Wrigley. And used to go all the time uh, when he was a kid in the 50s, walk there, clean the park and get free tickets and shit like that for picking up cups and flipping seats. And he was born in 1946. And the last time the Cubs won the World Series was 1945. So he was 70 years old and he had never seen the Cubs ever play in a World Series game. So I got to walk in there with my dad. And, uh, and so that was just absolutely just amazing. And it was the probably the most ex- Obviously, Game Seven was crazy, but uh, Game Five was a really was the best of the Wrigley games, and it, such an exciting game. And the, the, you know, uh, 
what was his name? Jose Ramirez hits a home run and puts them up in game five. And then all of a sudden Chris Bryant hits one and all of a sudden the place becomes just comes electric and they never trailed again after that home run by Chris Bryant. And so it was just wild. And then we get to game six and Jake Arrieta's pitching and they kick Cleveland's ass. Uh, and so now I'm, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm so very superstitious and I just figured I'm like, if I'm like, I'm not meant to be there. I don't know why I felt that. I felt like if I was going to go, they were going to lose. I'm like, I have to keep doing what I've been doing this whole time. And the whole time I've been watching from my couch at home. So that's what I'm going to continue to do. And, but I didn't want anyone by me. And so it was a very weird kind of thing. It's a very, you know, just a tense night for me, game seven. And I remember like, when they were doing good, like, you know, I didn't want anyone going to the bathroom or moving seats. Like, I just started getting even more superstitious as the night kind of kept going on. <laughs> you're yelling at your kids. You're like, sit down. He's like, but dad, I got to pee. You're like, no, not until the inning's over. You can't leave until until we at least score one more run. <laughs> oh, man. It was, uh, yeah, so it was just insane. And the Rajay Davis home run, like, literally probably – I don't know, like all of a sudden everybody, like I said, like, and it's weird because usually when these games are going on, like my family, we're all texting each other and like nobody's saying a word, the whole word series game, like even on text, on anything. And the Rajay Davis home run happens and I lose like color in my face. Like I just, I just, I was there at the Bartman game, 2003 NLCS game six. I was freaking there and it happened right in front of me. And that play, even to this day, it still kind of haunts me. I still think the 2003 team was really a really great team and just a phenomenal team. And I just, that, that every, the way it fell apart like that just haunted me. And I just felt like I was back there all over again. I'm like, I'm like, how could this be happening? There's no fucking way that fucking Rajay Davis hits a home run off or all this Chapman. I'm like, this is bullshit. And that happens. And I just can't believe it. And then you get into the ninth inning and Chapman is basically spent. He has nothing. He's throwing 83 mile per hour sliders. And I'm just going, holy shit. And Danny, I know you talked about this on Twitter that, you know, from your angle, it didn't, that the Jason Kipnis shot did not look like a home run. I don't know what angle the TV was, but it was a loud crack of the bat and you saw it going down the line and you heard the people, the crowd getting excited. One final plea for you all to join the Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash sunranto um this version of the podcast has advertising all strewn throughout it and uh, if you don't like it uh then uh, and why would you like being uh, barked ads at uh well then you can subscribe for as little as one dollar at patreon.com slash sunranto you get your own rss feed you get the show early you get the show ad free and uh, there's perks at every level. You can get the music. I write out little newsletters. You can get the f- photography and the f- that I take at the games. Um, there's it, it. Just it's a great way to help out the show. Become a ranter, a super ranter, and um, help out the show because I'm telling you, it, it'll make you feel good knowing that you're helping produce the Sun Ranto Show. Tickets and beer and Crawley's memorabilia, Cubs Cave, and you know uh, Michael Cotton tickets and. All sorts of good stuff that will put your money to good use producing a great Cubs podcast. So please be involved with it. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. And you'll never hear me ask you again because I cut those all out of the show. So you'll never hear it again. 
You'll never hear this little uh, song that's playing. You'll never hear about uh, any of the uh, the advertisers that are fed us through our podcast network. You won't hear any about of it. You'll just hear Cubs talk. You won't have your time wasted, and it is really cheap. A dollar, two dollars, three dollars. If you would buy each one of us a beer at Wrigley Field, that's like the three, four dollar level. So come on, join today. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Quit screwing around. Here's the rest of the show. Yeah, I mean, it 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 just it didn't sound that like if you see it it actually clears the foul it clears the foul line and then it clears the wall about like I mean, quite a few feet, 30 feet in front of what would be a home run anyway. Like, it's not that close. It might even be further. So, like, it didn't sound like a home run in the ballpark. You know, um, you know, if you go to a lot of games at Wrigley Field or and, like I've been to ball- ballparks and a lot of live baseball games and you really get used to what trajectories and sounds and how fast something's coming, you get used to seeing the, it that way. And um, I don't know. It just didn't feel like a home run. Like, I think that's more what it was like. I mean, I knew that it was hit hard, obviously, like it was a a shot, but it was not. I mean, I was thinking like, oh, maybe that's a a triple or a double. Like, it still wouldn't have been good, you know, but I mean, I wasn't like, you know, I didn't like freak out or anything like everybody talks about being at, at home. You're freaking out. And I'm like in the ballpark, you don't hear the crowd go, whoa, you don't hear that, you know, amongst the crowd. You know, here's the thing. Um, I'm sitting there, and I am. You were, when we're on TV and we're watching this. You, you remember Rocky Four, the famous GIF where the where the trainer's going throwing the towel. He's yelling at Rocky, throw the damn towel. Like you're sitting there looking at Joe Madden and you're looking at Chapman. Literally, uh, like has nothing. His pitches have nothing, and I think that threw off the the Indians hitters. Because, you know, oh, it's Chapman. you got to be worried about the fastball, you know, 102, 103. Yeah. But all of a sudden, there's, there's these fat sliders that are just hanging in the middle of the plate. And it was Ramirez Kipnis and uh, was it uh, – what was his name? Uh, he's over with the Mets now. Uh, Lindor. I think it was those three guys. And any one of them could have popped one. And, and, and Chapman has nothing. The ball's sitting – like, you know, when you call the cement mixer, the hanging sliders, they're all hitting yeah. – and, and you're just like, you're, every time they swing, you almost flinch, closing your eyes because they're getting, he has nothing. And, and, and I think the fact that he had nothing just threw shit off. Could be. Zag and zag. I mean, but yeah, his arm was a noodle. A cotton, I saw you try to unmute. Um, <laughs> where, where, where were you uh, for the World Series? I know that we podcasted through the whole thing uh, together. But uh, right. but I have no I don't re- recall it's five years ago there's it, been a lot of brain cells lost. Yeah no I well much like uh, Crowley said about those first few games he didn't want anybody around him. Game seven was uh, just for me and my family and that was it. Uh, I've watched every game you know with my wife for the most part. She's always around. She knows as much about that you know these teams. As I do, she watches all the games. We talk about it. And I needed her there. I needed my kids there. The kids kind of ran around and did other stuff. You know, they weren't always around. But 
Good thing Crawley wasn't I there. Could... He would have chained him to a chair. <laughs> well, they were they were other places. You know what I mean? Like they ran around the other like the no, rest I, of the house. I, they I, I, the I, room. I could not have people running around yelling. I couldn't have had any. That, it, nope. <laughs> No, they were, they just weren't around me. They weren't in the room. I'm saying that they they would come in every so often and like watch a little bit and then they'd leave. And then I called him in, of course, uh, you know, for the final outs for the final innings. Um, but they were, but I was like, I couldn't go anywhere because I didn't want to be around other people freaking out, right? I wasn't freaking out at all during the game. I felt confident as hell that they were going to win from the jump. And then, you know, fucking uh, Dexter Fowler hit that home run, you know, it started off. Like, everything was good. Um, even the Davis homer didn't shake my confidence. I saw it, and I'm like, fuck. You know, like, of course, I was not happy about it in any way. But I never had a feeling that they were going to lose. A lot of people, you know, have that feeling. They say that they had that feeling back. I didn't. Like, it happened, and I just I went and grabbed another beer and sat back down. Like, all right, let's go. Let's keep going. And I just felt good. I felt fine through the whole thing, and that's what I needed. Oh, I could not be around – because if I had been around people, right, they would have fucking freaked out. And then that would have freaked me out. Well, I, because that, that energy of I, other people, I would not have been able to shake that off the way I did when it was like just me and my wife. And we, we knew what this team was and we knew how comfortable we were with them winning that game. You, but see, the tough thing, though, man, is that just baseball is just so weird and fluky. I I felt uh, when I I laughed when I saw that the Cubs were playing the Marlins in the in the postseason. Shit, we're gonna we're gonna steamroll them. I mean, I was ready to, you know, I, I had my World Series tickets already. You know what I mean for for two thousand three. They were the better team in every which way or regard. It just didn't happen, and so that I mean, I was so scarred from that memory in 2003, right? So we go 2003, I was at the games, and like I said, imagine being there at game six and seeing everything collapse in five fucking outs from the World Series. And that team had everything. And just I, watching that absolutely gutted me. Yeah. Look, I, I, I watched that game too. You know, I watched it, and the feeling of what happened when with Bartman, I was at a party with a bunch of people in a house watching the game, and that feeling sucked that feeling felt like everything changed the and for me and maybe it was because of everybody in the house feeling that way or maybe it really was but i know i felt it that day but with me alone super confident enjoying the game the davis thing didn't shake me it just didn't shake me with it's it should ben zobrist <laughs> look <laughs> everybody hey, has their ben thing. Everybody was has married their thing. to an unhinged crazy person. So like the guy was on edge. Like he couldn't take that moment. I understand. I really, you know? so well, he, and I and, and granted I was delusional, but I was not letting myself get freaked out. That's my thing. That's that game. I was confident as hell that the Cubs were going to win. I felt like 
You know, and I know all the things you say. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm not saying that anybody's wrong if that that Rajay Davis <laughs> you know, Homer you, freaked them out. It freaks me out now. Yeah, even today watching the, the game. Of it. If yeah. I watch games if, if, if I watch game seven, I get panicky when I see it. Yeah, and I mean and at the moment, yes, I sort of like when it happens, it's like, oh my God. But then because I was in my house and I was alone and I could like I got to control my own feelings and I have to deal with every other fucking person shit in their pants. I was able to just be like, okay, I'm good. You know, oh, man, dude. but literally watching that game later st- still stresses me out. Like I was, like, but you know, I agree. It's totally harder to watch on TV. Be- being there uh, was actually fine. I felt pretty confident that Rajay Davis Homer, uh, happened right as I went down for last call for alcohol because it was like the seventh or eighth. What inning was it? I forget. It's all blue. that was in yeah. the eighth inning. Eighth inning. Yeah. So it was like the last time you can get beer. So I'm down there getting beer. I've, I've got two in my hand. The Rajay Davis Homer lands right on that patio. That's where I was now getting beer. I sat in the left field corner. That's exactly where the Rajay Davis goes. I go back upstairs. Nicole's sitting there. I hand her a beer. She looks at me with these wide eyes. I was like. Oh, shit. Yeah, here we go. But I felt confident, too. I'm with you, Michael. Um, I I felt less confident, and I actually got mad when Hendo got pulled. That's what made me mad. That was the only time I yeah. was stressed out in the whole game, and then I was right. Um, and uh, that was – but I, I'm actually curious um, what uh, well, other yeah, people – I'm not saying I wasn't stressed. I was pacing a lot during the game. But I, you know, but I always had that feeling like this is going to be fine. I was just like kept telling myself it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Everything's going to be fine. But yeah, I'm How with you, you, Danny. It still pisses me off to this day that they pulled Hendricks when they did because first off, the guy right before he got pulled, uh, he got walked on what should have been a strike. And yeah, they, they walk him. And then what? There's like a, a bloop single or some shit. I don't even know. Or he hit somebody. It was nothing. And there was no need to pull him right there. Joe shit his pants and fucking he made his move. And yeah, that's what happened. But at least, but I, I'm curious to see what other people felt like uh, on that specific moment. Like, did you still feel confidence? Like, Bernie, you're still in the room, but um, if you can request to speak, sometimes this doesn't work. But, um, I mean, I, I can just try to, like, like, already I'm inviting you to speak, um, and you can tell me your story. Or Bernie's still here. You might not even be here. Um, you can um, unmute. I can't, I can't. I can't believe Mike was Michael was confident in that ninth inning with Chapman pitching. That inning alone gave me an ulcer. What he was throwing. Like, like, like I said, I was just there making myself. You, you were willing like, yourself. This is, yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, but I could not have done that had I been in a room full of other people shitting their pants. You know what I mean? I would have. I would have been empathetic to that and taken that on with them, which is why. I had to be alone that night. I had to be with just people who were going to be on the same wavelength as me rather than having to deal with the guy uh, who was going to sit there. Every, every ball that the Cubs pitched was going to be like, Oh God. And every, you know, 
you know that guy. Like everything they do, oh, there it goes. That's it. I would have lost my mind dealing with somebody like that. What's up, Artie? Artie, you're yeah. in. Yep. So, you know, speaking to that specific moment, you know, for me, it was kind of more of three. I mean, because when that happened back in 2003, and it, I, you know, one unfortunate thing about the World Series, it happens around Halloween time. So I was stress eating, you know, Halloween candy, leftover Halloween candy. And I'm like, damn, I'm going to be doing the same thing here. And I just was, you know, a little concerned. And, uh, you know, but the thing is, is that I, I had a little, you know, honestly, I did have a little bit of confidence because, you know, this was a team that didn't necessarily seem to get down when when things kind of happened to them. They kind of say, oh, well, you know, F you, we're going to come back, you know. We're gonna we're gonna push. So I mean that was yeah. kind, of, kind of my my thing. That's what that's what I was thinking. That's what I was telling myself all the time. I was always saying like it's fine. They come back. This, that team was always like that. They were never out of a game. And just to be contrary, that was a 2003 team too. They 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 fought back through a lot of crazy shit, and they. They, uh, you know, they, they had to come back. They, like I said, they were not as good. The Cubs almost went wire to wire. I think it was one game that they didn't, they weren't in first place. 2003 team scratched and fought and, and got really good. And uh, like I said, man, it, it was, it was, I, uh, here's what I'll tell you is that my dad to me is the guy that raised me to love the Cubs and this and that. And we went to the playoffs in 03, we went to the playoffs in 07, we went to the playoffs in 08, we went to 15 and watched. So we watched. The Marlins clinch on Wrigley. We watched the fucking Diamondbacks clinch at Wrigley. We watched the Cubs shit two games in, against the Dodgers. We watched the the Mets sweep us out, and it, it, I just I I couldn't. You know what I mean? Like you worry maybe about you time. just need to stop watching games with your dad. <laughs> it's my fault, right? <laughs> so no, but it was like honestly, he was even more than me. It's like I, my dad's got to see this. Like I just I, I just like like don't you motherfuckers fuck this up? I've seen it before. I've seen you do it. And, and trust me, like I said, this was a team that we saw and, 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 you know, all of a sudden come back in, in, in game four of the NLDS. And then you saw them kind of struggle in games two and three and half of game four of the CS and come back. So they definitely had the character in them. I just couldn't take a montage of a, of a goat and a black cat and a Bartman and now Rajay Davis and LeBron James. That's just where where it was it was uh, nerve wracking and and when that final out yeah. again even then you see Chris Bryant slip on the double play. Yep. No. I yeah. I get it. I and I and I totally understand why people were stressing. It wasn't a know, double and, play, by the way. So your your memory's a little. Or, I'm sorry. On that, was, on the the five three. Right. Mm-hmm. And I and I was stressed. I was just like like you put it the right way. I was willing myself not to be. What's up, John? You're you're in. Hey, how are we all doing today? Good. Hey, John, how's it going? Uh, also, I want to say real quick that uh, my green room app isn't working that well, so I've invited everybody to speak in here, and so uh, you just have to mute and unmute yourself, but I can't see anything. I've tried to make other people the host, and um, but hey, so I'll just I'll uh, mute myself now. And John, uh, tell us about your experience. Okay. Um, well, it was about the All-Star break that year. My oldest daughter said, if the Cubs go to the series, we'll road trip it up and we'll go hang out at Wrigleyville. 
for one of the games, and we went for game three. And uh, it was an awesome day. We just kind of went up and hung around and went and uh, what is that pizza place, D'Agostino's? Is that the name of it? Something like that. Uh, yeah, that, yeah I mean, D'Agostino's, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we went down there and ate, and me and my brother-in-law drank a shit ton of green lines and went back out and walked around amongst all the crazies and – that was my day of uh, World Series Day, man. It was awesome. I mean, it was a time of my life, I got to tell you. I'll never forget it. Yeah, well, and that's kind of what Crawley and Danny were talking about earlier. Just the feeling around Wrigley just seemed to be – Oh, it was electric. Just, yeah, and just blissful. Just, you know, like everybody happy. It, it's, like, uh, it's like Christmas Day, but it lasted for like a month. Oh. Yep, man, we got done eating lunch at that pizza place and went back up by the Wrigley Field there. And shit, there was three times as many people uh, there as been when we went to like, go eat lunch. It was crazy. I've never been around that many people in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Was- Had a great time. Yeah, uh, I... Uh, the only playoff game I ever went to was... Uh, you know, I went with Danny and Lyle uh, back in the day in 2015 and saw the Cardinal saw the Cubs beat the shit out of the Cardinals, and it was kind of the same way. The streets were all shut down, and just everybody was just wandering around and high-fiving and hugging each other. So I can't – and it was probably one-tenth of how many people were outside of the place – during the World Series. So I, I can't even imagine how that was feeling. I, and, John, can I ask you a question, too, real quick? Where About the Rajay Davis sure. uh, homer specifically is where were you when that happened? What was the feeling like? Did, your, did you get the pit in your stomach, or, or did you still feel good? Yeah, well, we had, we had a, we have a, a big patio off our house here, and we are going to hang a TV off the barn. had a big fire. We got a fire pit out there. We are going to have fire and everything. And Well, we had a goddamn thunderstorm come through. So we had to move everything to the porch where it's all covered and everything. And and uh, about that time, that's when he hit the home run. And it was just like, holy shit, here we fucking go again. And, uh, but. So you were being deluged with a thunderstorm. Well, yeah. uh, you know, so it must have felt like God was out to kill you or something. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, oh, as yeah, yeah. Davis, he's like, this game's going to give me a heart attack or. Exactly. You know, they think we're in Darwin's waiting room down here anyway. So it was like, it'd been, I propose we all got hit by lightning and fucking died. <laughs> but anywho, it was, but, um, anywho. Yeah. but I mean, were you confident or, or did you just like put your, I mean, how, how'd you feel? Well, like, did you, were when, you it went to, when it went to extras, I was confident. I was shitting, I was shitting bullets when, uh, when, uh, um, uh, the reliever, what the fuck's his name? Chapman. Chapman. Chapman was just up there throwing golf balls, man. I was like, Jesus Christ, get him out of there. They were and awesome at mixers. Like, we got this. I was like, they, we got this. Here's the thing. It, it was that ninth inning when all of a sudden Chapman's back out there. He's like crying in the fucking dugout. He comes back out there. He's throwing some at yeah. mixers. You got their three best hitters. And the momentum had swung the complete opposite direction, and everybody felt it. And then Ernie and Ronnie and Harry made it rain. And that 17 minutes calmed yeah. me down. It calmed the players down. And here's, yeah. and here's what I'll tell you is all of a sudden, 
Kyle Schwarber lead off single and you see him shouting into the dugout. Let's fucking go motherfuckers. He's, he's motherfucker and everybody in the dugout and screaming and yelling. And all of a sudden that to me was the moment where all of a sudden it was like, boom. Oh shit. We, we ain't out of this yet. Let's get our fucking heads together, boys. And that's when it rolled for me. You want to hear a Larry story about the rain delay? So obviously I'm at the game and uh, you could smoke out the left field corner. They had a little smokers area. And so when the rain delay started, I said, oh, shit, I got to go have a, I'm going to go have a cigarette. So I go to the woman like, uh, you know, is this where you are still? Are you still allowing smoking is eighth inning? They cut it off at Wrigley. She's like, oh, yeah, you can smoke here. So you go out the gate and I'm standing out there with a couple other people all having a cigarette. And then I hear the games about to start talking to this Indians fan. And I actually made a deal with the Indians fan while out smoking. I said, hey. How about we both break our curses and we end this shit in a tie? And we shook hands on it. And we're like, you know, we're just fucking around and having, having a good time. But that's what we did. And then uh, so I made the deal with the devil like that. And then I hear the game's about to start again because we're only 17 minute rain delay. So um, we, we go to go back in. And the same woman who just let us out goes, "You well, you guys can't come in. I was like, what do you mean we can't come in? You just I just talked to you. Look, I've got this ticket. I'm at this game. You said we'd come out and smoke. She's like, well, we're not letting people back in from smoking right now. You took too long. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I am coming in. There's no fucking way you're letting me out. And I just walked right the fuck faster. And she just, she's like, whatever. It's World Series Game 7. I'm just not going to obey my senior commander. But, like, dude, I almost got, I almost wasn't in the ballpark because of my fucking nicotine addiction. You almost, John Baker, dated the World Series Game 7. Almost got I know. I almost, how appropriate would that have been? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of missed it. I was drunk as Charlie Sheen. The night the Cubs finally yeah. win. <laughs> Dude, that would have been such a freaking thing if I missed, I mean, like, see the entire game until the rain delay and miss that. Miss the end. <laughs> be hysterical. But, um, but yeah, uh, well, you got to admit, like, now it would be funny. But I would have been pissed that night, I'll tell you. What helped me also was uh, Buffalo Trace and a lot of weed. <laughs> That helped me a lot, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. And, and here's what's funny, but being at the game, like, I was pounding beers, you know, like, you know, but I couldn't get drunk. Like, I was so wound up that I just, I couldn't get drunk. But the moment the final out hit, I was wasted. <laughs> like, you know, like, it was, I, I, I went from not drunk at all and totally, like, feeling sober to just hammered. Uh, but no, I stayed up all night that night. Um, yeah, dude. I'm I'm with you on that. I was drinking heavily, felt okay, but yep. then after the game, and I'm like crying and hugging my family, and then all of a sudden I'm like smashed. Oh, yeah. And then we we have a phone number for Sun Rancho, and uh, we were promoting it a little bit more back then. And I tried to call that number, and I left this like crying, sobbing message. And that message just disappeared. We've never been able to figure out who I called <laughs> or, or where, where I put that. Like, but it, you know, but I had this crying, sobbing message talking about the Cubs and stuff that, so that we I could forgot. play it on. 
Sunranto later. And uh, then when I talk to you the next day, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I don't got no message yet. I don't know what you're talking about. So you you must have dialed it wrong and got a number wrong and called some random voicemail. (laughs) Yeah. It just left a rambling, long-ass, crying, drunken message. Yeah. Well, I I sobbed, man. I sobbed like a baby. Oh, yeah, I did. I did, too. Uh, no, the other, the, the, the last kind of little thing with the game for me was obviously it was late. We stayed up even later. We were watching the post-game stuff and all of that. Uh, and I was just getting more drunk then, you know, like then I was just, then I was celebratory drinking. Uh, and so we got up late and I was hungover. So I didn't take the kids into school till you know, 1030, 11 o'clock or something like that. And I remember I walk them into the office, they get their notes, they go to their classes, and then I have to, like, write down the, on the note. And I just wrote, game seven, go Cubs. And gave it, and gave it to them, like, that's why my kids are like, game seven, go Cubs. I was sober. I could not drink that night. There's no way in hell. Um, I would have thrown up. Uh, I, I, uh, whatchamacallit, I had to go to work the next morning. I didn't sleep the whole night because one, I mean, I was so jacked up. I couldn't believe everything. I was so emotional. I couldn't, everything was just like going, like my whole life had just changed at that moment. And my mom went to Dick's Sporting Goods and she got the last World Series champions hat. Someone offered her a hundred bucks for it. And she's like, no, nah, it's for my son. And, uh, I drove in the morning to my parents' house because they're on the way to my work. Um, and, like my dad and I just literally cried in each other's arms and I've probably seen my dad cry like once in his life when his mom died. This was like the second time I'd ever seen him cry in my entire life. Like that's just how like me, him and I had been to so many games together, been through the battles. Like I said, literally like every playoff game in the two thousands pretty much. And, and to finally have it happen, like we, you just get worried, man. Like I said, you know, there's a lot of people that didn't, make it to see the end, you know, and, and, and I thought about a lot of friends and relatives that would have loved more than anything to have been a, a part of that season, have been a part of that, that magic and didn't. So the fact that my dad got to see it and we got to be such a big part of it. And then of course the ring bearer ceremony the next year for me to kind of a continuation of it, it was, it, you just kind of felt validated. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? Like I, if I would have died and not seen the Cubs win the world series, I would have been fucking pissed even though I'd be dead. Yeah, the um, I didn't cry that night. I just sat there and looked at the field. I took a bunch of pictures and just just sat there with Nicole. We we climbed up to the top of the stadium where um, you know uh, John Adams sits, uh, not the uh, the former president John Adams, but um, uh, the, the the drummer. The, the guy that, that, you know, who sits oh, up at weird. the top in the Indians, he's the big Indians fan. He's been doing it for years. Got the big drum. And he, he hits the drum and um, probably not the, well, anyway, the, I, I don't know if guardians hit drums. So I guess his, his job's over anyway. But um, that night I, I went up to say goodbye to him and I had a little conversation with him and I'm like, Hey, better luck next year. You had a great team. We had a, and I had talked to him before and he's a musician. So we hit it off and he was obviously sad. And I got a, the last picture I took of that night was him carrying that drum down those stairs. And I'm like, later, bitch. And I sat there and, and uh, on the top row 
with Nicole and just kind of watched it. And the Cub fans were sitting on the wall and, um, you know, just, we just kind of took it in, but I didn't cry. We just, we took a few pictures and just hung out and Gary, uh, who I didn't buy a ticket for, for game seven, uh, I bought him a game six ticket, but not a seven. Um, he was out watching it in the park because the Indians fans, they showed up uh, in the ballpark, but they also showed up at, across the street where they all watched the game on giant TVs. So we went over to find him and uh, then just, and all the bars were closing, which, you know, cause they're Cleveland Indian. They're all Cleveland Indian bars. There's no Cubs bars right there. So they're like, fuck this shit. We're not going to stay open for Cub fans to celebrate this shit, even though they didn't want our money. They're like, forget it. They closed down. So they closed down at 2 o'clock, which only gave us, what, an hour to drink? And uh, luckily, uh, there, we, Gary and I had a – I bought a bottle of champagne. I said, one of us is opening this tonight and celebrating. Um, so we drank that, standing outside, and uh, just – and then – Sun came up and we called it a we called it a night and I I had to work about two hours later so we checked out of the Airbnb and I and I just you know living on no sleep but like I don't think a I'm so glad and Crawley I said this to you the other night on the spaces um, I'm so glad it happened I was forty two at the time uh, and I tell you at forty seven five years later. I don't know if I got the energy to to go through all that again. In fact, I feel like I lived about five years that year, at least. And I'm glad it happened when I was in my early 40s and not my early 50s. And because I know some people, like you know, they didn't make it to those games. Like me. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if anybody else is in the room that's trying to talk or anything, but um, you can just unmute yourself and talk. I can't see it because my app is. Uh, screw, but I'm, I'm. I feel like it went perfect. Like I, I couldn't could have asked for a, a better uh, Cubs experience. It's everything I had ever dreamed of, and you know, I know we all pretty much feel that way. Yep. I cried. I cried harder when they won the NLCS than I did when they won the series. For some for some reason, it's kind of weird. Well, um, it, it was so long to get that pennant. Yeah, I mean that that moment well, was it, the it, moment we were actually waiting for. Nobody was actually nobody was waiting for them to win the World Series because we just hadn't even gotten to the World Series. Right. Yeah. Yep. I was all by myself out on a patio that night, just sitting there bawling like a fucking baby. It was a good night. I was in Crawley Land and. I, I, I was literally just feeling Wrigley shake as, as every as you know, everyone was so excited and I remember them putting the uh they put like a little like stand where they presented the MVP trophy to Javi and uh John Lester for NLCS MVPs and it was that night was like I said, that was one of my favorite nights at Wrigley ever in game sticks. I'll imagine. Well, you guys, uh, we've definitely gone over an hour here on this uh side of the show and uh, as much as I love talking Cubs, we, we have an entire off season to do to basically have these conversations over and over again. In fact, I'm sitting here thinking like, Oh shit, we're just going to be telling these same stories to each other for the next 40 years of our lives. <laughs> oh God. It's, it's going to be the 85 that? bears all over again. Yeah. Like where were you in 85? Where were you in 2016? <laughs> Oh, the Cubs are like the 85 Bears. 
Um, all right. Well, uh, should we should we hang up? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. get the dog out of here. I'm yeah, good. yeah. All right. Uh, g- goodbye to all our podcast listeners, and thanks for joining us on Green Room. Um, Spagog, everybody. Spagog. Instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued 
at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.